Black Lives Matter protests, riots, civil unrest, whatever it's supposed to be called, has been going on nonstop for about 130 days. And it's falling out of the news cycle. And it's kind of weird because they recently, I don't know, threw an explosive into the window of a Starbucks and we're throwing explosives at cops and setting fires. And it's still happening. And uh, nobody cares anymore. I guess as we get closer to the election, the media just isn't covering this stuff, but they can't deny it. And I think regular people are paying attention, at least to what they can. And then we see these, 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 you know, statements from like Joe Biden that Antifa is just an idea. We see this, uh, comment put out by this long video actually by Michelle Obama where she's like, Trump is racist and fanning the flames. And it's like, yo, please just denounce this. But she says, overwhelmingly peaceful. Yeah, yeah, okay. Serial killers are overwhelmingly peaceful, right? It doesn't mean anything to me. What am I supposed to say to my friends and family when the riots are still happening? Now, for the most part, it's in the Pacific Northwest. And that's kind of going crazy because apparently now a poll came out showing that Mayor Ted Wheeler, who is the mayor of Portland and doing miserably by every metric, left, right, up, down, whatever, he's losing in the polls to a, to a candidate who calls herself the Antifa candidate. And she's up 11 points. Hmm. So I got I kind of feel like this is the future we can be looking forward to when Donald Trump comes out and says under, Ob- you know, in a Biden's America, this is what you're going to get. I think I think he's being a little bit over the top. And I don't like this idea of like fear and vote for me. But Biden does the exact same thing. Michelle Obama did the exact same thing. And then you look at what actually happens when people don't go out and vote. You get do nothing politicians. You get Mayor Ted Wheeler. And then you get Antifa mayors when he fails. So we have a very special guest who does kind of like the opposite of Antifa and Black Lives Matter as they're like burning things down. Scott Pressler is cleaning things up. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tim, for having me. Yeah, I mean, whoever thought it would be such a revolutionary idea to go out and pick up trash? You know, what what I love the most about it is that when Antifa goes out and destroys everything, you get, you know, Michelle Obama being like, they're they're peaceful. And then when you went out and cleaned up garbage, they're like, what's his motive? Yeah, he's he's it's a trick. (laughs) It's like, wow. So anyway, we're gonna talk about that. We have this story that NYPD commissioner is I guess he's calling the Black Lives Matter protesters spoiled brats for Mm. wasting police resources. Which is kind of funny, and I can only imagine will make things kind of escalate because, I don't know, they kind of are spoiled brats. So when they hear that, they're going to have a temper tantrum. But also hanging out today, we got Ian Crossland, of course. Hi there. He's chilling. Hey. Yeah. Hi, Scott. Hey. <laughs> and uh, long-haired hippies unite. Holla. Go. <laughs> Lydia's chilling. She's producing and stuff. I am. I'm over here in the corner. I zoom my camera in a little bit, so hopefully I look a little closer to the scene. So yes, let's uh, let's let's jump to this first story because I thought it was a really interesting contrast considering Scott's here and this is just happening. So we have this from the Daily Mail. NYPD commissioner calls Black Lives Matter protesters spoiled brats for wasting police resources after 14 were arrested during last night's demonstrations over the cop killing uh, over the cop killing of a black city worker in Texas. Commissioner Dermot Shea laid into protesters demanding an end to police brutality and racism in an interview with NY1 Tuesday morning. She accused them of breaking windows, property damage, graffiti, lighting fires, and called them spoiled brats and knuckleheads. Knuckleheads, that's not particularly edgy at all, but sure. The crazy thing is, though, I've covered a lot of protests and riots and stuff in, in, I shouldn't even say riots, in New York. People typically don't go around starting fires and smashing stuff, so this is like a serious escalation for New York City. NYPD told Daily Mail 14 were arrested and 10 summonses issued. New Yorkers took to the streets Monday to protest Jonathan Price's killing. White cop Sean David Lucas gunned down Price while the black man was trying to break up a domestic fight at a gas station in Wolf City Saturday night. Price's death tops off a string of police killings of black men and women across America in recent months, 
which have sparked nationwide protests. I actually take issue with that last bullet point they got that it's like, uh, uh, what does it say? Um, a string of killings. It's like they're killings all the time of, you know, tons of different people and to insinuate there's like a pattern or whatever is kind of, you know, whatever. But, but, you know, so there's a couple things that I wanted to bring up with this story and then we'll just like launch this into Scott, who you are and what you do. The first thing is, why is it that a cop in Texas kills a dude and they go out and protest the NYPD? Like, the NYPD have anything to do with it? Did smashing that Starbucks window in Seattle have anything to do with it? I kind of feel like they're not really protesting anything. They're just, you know, basically yelling rabble, rabble, rabble. I don't know if you guys, what, what are your thoughts as we, as we segue now into like what's going on with Black Lives Matter? Well, violence and hatred don't stop at borders. That's one way to look at it. Similar to pollution. Well, I just don't get why, if Black Lives Matter, why don't we see this kind of outrage every time every single black person is killed? Why is it only when it's a police officer? Or why is it when it's only uh, when the race is different of the officer and the victim? I mean, if black lives truly matter, which they do, then where is the outrage uh, when illegal immigrants, for example, kill the black community? We never hear those stories. They never get a protest. They never get a march or demonstration. It's the critical theory power dynamics. It's the, the police are the oppressors in a position of power. And so when you bring up that... Okay, well, what about this guy killing this guy? They're like, well, that's not authority, even though it kind of still disregards wealth dynamics and class dynamics. So the real the, re the reality, the answer to your question, there isn't one. There's no good reason. I can't quite understand it. They just don't like cops. I mean, they don't they don't say all oppression, uh, all oppressors are bad. You know, Aob. They say all cops <laughs> are bad. But it, my, my my question, I guess, is like, what 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 ultimately ultimately do you accomplish by screaming in the face of an NYPD officer who has no idea what's going on in Texas. That's well, something happened in Texas. Or let's be real for a second. I mean, why don't these people do something productive? Like I believe about changing a system from the inside out. So if you're fed up with the police system, why don't you become a police officer and reform change from within and have every single one of your Black Lives Matter people become police officers? Or for example, in Baltimore, why aren't you guys getting AC conditioner and heater units for Baltimore schools where the students had to actually leave school because it was too hot during the summer when they started? Why not do something productive and you know i'd be so bold as to say have these people actually spoken to the black community because i speak to the black community you know what they say they are against defunding the police mm -hmm. because they know that less police equals more crime so these people and the leadership roles i don't think they're actually speaking on behalf of the black community in general could you imagine like some black lives matter dude watching the tv and seeing the story and then going ah and fury and then like going outside and rah and then like building a house and like you know putting things together <laughs> i'm so angry i'm gonna build this house to help the homeless Arr. it doesn't happen that'd be cool i mean i know i know i'd, I'd be so there yeah they, they, it, it's it's like they have all this anger and they go outside and they just yell and then everyone runs around smashing stuff and it doesn't solve any of the problems and if you try to tell them like hey let's take that anger and do something good they just get angrier like, how dare you? I am. It's my righteous anger. I, I love it. I, I, I posted something about some. There's this meme on Facebook. Someone posted and it's like really dumb. They're like, if you're anti Antifa, that means you're pro fascist. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, OK, so here's a question. Like, if there's an Islamophobe who is, you know, like attacking Muslim people and I go up to them and like I, I stop them from doing it because I'm anti Islamophobe. Does that make me like pro Muslim? And they're like, yes. And I was like. 
but I'm not a fan of organized religion in that capacity. So I'm just, I'm just anti-violence, right? And they're like, well, you need to understand like what you're supporting when you support fascism. So I asked them straight up, if Antifa goes to like a bunch of white Antifa go to a black neighborhood and start smashing things up and burning things down, does that make them fascists? And they were like, it means you don't understand why they feel that way and their anger. And I'm like, oh, now it's justified. Like, so, so now, now they're allowed to go and attack minorities because their, their feelings are hurt. Mm. Well, you know, I went to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and I went there after they burned down several buildings. And I spoke personally to the business owners, Asian business owner, Hispanic business owner, a black beauty salon was burned to the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, really, how does it help the black community when you're burning down a black community center? I don't get it. I think they're racists. Yeah. I mean, like we, we talked about this last night, what Prince Harry said, you know, I can't, I can't repeat his quote. I have to be very careful about it. I say, it cause it's such an, like Prince Harry said that he believes the world was created according to Prince Harry by white people. And he went on to add that it was created. And this is Prince Harry saying this <laughs> for white people. You see, I have to phrase that so that the context is like Prince that. Harry is the one who said he believes wow. the world was made for his race that's racist and so it's, these are the people who are going around and then you know what i think i'm willing to bet there's a bunch of people who they really are white supremacists and they're given carte blanche because the media is like so long as they're wearing hoodies you know they can do whatever they want and they do and then afterwards they're like don't worry we're helping <laughs> and then what do you see in these videos it's locals like there's there's one video where these two white women are spray painting and smashing a window and two black women come up. Oh, yeah. And I they're, saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, get out of here. And they're like, no, we're helping you. No, you aren't. Get out of my neighborhood. Dude, I can't imagine that like what it must be like to live in this place that's already suffering and then have these people show up yelling angry like we're helping as they like punch you and smash everything and like mm -hmm. flip your car over. And and then when you beg for help, the media calls you the fascist. Yeah, that's or when you clean up a city, they question your motives. That's what I love about what you've done. So, so for those, like, do you want to explain like what you've been doing and, and you know who you are? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Scott Pressler. I never thought this would be my life. I started off as a dog walker, graduated from George Mason with a 3.63. Just FYI. Is that good? But I, oh, no, it's okay. It's I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I, I could have done better. But I couldn't find a job. So I walked dogs because there's no shame in working hard and a hard day's labor. I moved to Texas to help elect Governor Greg Abbott, which is why I'm always wearing Texas boots. Spent two years of my life working to defeat Hillary Clinton. And now I'm on this mission to reelect Donald Trump. And it was the president when he was talking about the city of Baltimore and the state of the city that I decided to tweet on social media. I'm going to Baltimore to go pick up trash. And the tweet went viral and all these people were wanting to help. And then I was like, uh oh, because I only had six days and we organized 200 volunteers on a Monday and we picked up 12 tons of trash in 12 hours in one day in one of the most dangerous streets, West Baltimore in the country. And then the Baltimore Sun questioned my motives yes. and well, said, yeah, well, how dare you? How Scott? dare I have been watching CNN, okay? And they've told me that the people putting the garbage there and destroying <laughs> things are the good guys. So clearly that must mean you, by cleaning it up, are a bad guy. My well, logic is 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 impeccable. Well, or gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to mention names, but maybe I should just braid my hair and go around saying, how dare you to everyone? Yes. How dare <laughs> you? That does a lot more than what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, and ignore the actual polluters. Why did they... Who questioned you? The Baltimore Sun. What was the? What were they saying? They were just questioning 
why was coming to town, if it were politically motivated, why now, um, as opposed to, hey, how can we help you? How can we use <laughs> our voice to amplify and get more volunteers into our city? You know, because let's say that Democrats were organizing a cleanup in Fairfax, Virginia, where I live. I'd say, hey, you know what? Good on you. Good on you that you're doing something positive. And who knows? Maybe I'll come out and join you. And I think we could really make America a better place if we saw more cleaning up as opposed to burning down stuff. Yes. That's what they do. We actually have the article. Check this out. This is, uh, we assume it was pure motives that led a Trump supporter to launch a cleanup in Cummings District, right? From the editorial board. Mm-hmm. How, how, how ridiculous <clears throat> is this story? The effort was organized by pro-Trump activist Scott Pressler. He claimed the event was not political. Yes, he was inspired to come from uh, tweets from President Donald Trump describing the area, represented by U.S. Rep. Elijah Cummings as a rodent-infested mess. But the visit wasn't about showing support or animosity for either man, he said. Call us skeptical. Look, we appreciate anyone who's willing to roll up their sleeves to help Baltimore. More than 170 people came from all over the country and cleaned up nearly 12 tons of trash. Mm -hmm. According to Mr. Pressler's Twitter feed, he doesn't post any photos of the totality of the trash, so let's take his word for it. But if this was all about Americans helping Americans, why all the videos of Baltimore residents thanking Mr. Trump for bringing attention to the issue? (laughs) We happen to know that not everybody in West Baltimore feels that way. And in the same post as the videos, why the frequent reminders? This is an uh, uh, this is an act. This is an act in act. Mr. Cummings district. In fact, I'm guessing. Oh, OK. Yeah. In fact, I'm like, what is this word? <laughs> Happy editor, guys. This is a year old article. Come on, fix it. Mm. Then there's the photo of the Washington Post front page from the day Barack Obama was first elected. Mr. Pressler tweeted that volunteers found the strikingly strikingly unyellowed decade old newspaper among the trash wow really it was (laughs) buried under trash buried under a pile of trash i saved it at some they have the tweet here this is that's amazing it's been 11 years it was sitting there and it's like preserved yeah that's that's amazing i thought it was the most ironic thing (laughs) that's amazing wow that's nuts Mm man they say uh uh you, uh, it's been 11 years, Mr. Pressler tweeted, in what reads as a not-so-subtle critique of how much good Mr. Obama did for Baltimore, which, which is none, I'd imagine. Whatever he says his motives were, Mr. Presence, Mr. Pressler's presence in Baltimore reinforces a tired image of our failing urban cores, that the poor people in this dilapidated city can't take care of their own neighborhoods, and all the public officials around them have failed as well. The bureaucratic, all-talk Democrats strike again. If a crowd of volunteers could clean up 12 tons of trash in 12 hours, how incompetent and helpless must Baltimoreans be if they can't manage it in decades, right? Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but I uh, I love how... Speaking of garbage. Th- yeah, Jeez. yeah, absolutely. Let's throw the Baltimore sun in that pile. Wait, I love all, this. I, I, we I, all have something to say about that. Yeah. Sorry, oh, no, 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 go, no, go ahead, I, Ian. No, wait, wait, wait. I, I got to say, I, I really love this because, as I've said before, if what you were doing was supposed to be some kind of manipulation of regular people into supporting Trump. I'm like, oh, no, he's tricked us. Rats. Oh, oh I, I hope he doesn't do it again. Oh, no. How many people would support him? Clean- he's cleaning up garbage. Why are you complaining about it? You'd be like, oh, that's really cool that Trump supporters are cleaning up garbage. Let's, let's get him to do it again. And it's like, oh, Scott Pressler, uh, he's just going to be nice again. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we can't, oh, we can't have that. <laughs> Apparently not. They were crapping all over you in the beginning of the article and then they start crapping all over the residents of baltimore mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so I think it was someone with an attitude problem wrote Seriously. that. Seriously. Dude, I can't believe you found an Obama newspaper. That is so amazing. What was it? What, what, uh, what, what newspaper was it? Was it the Baltimore Sun? No, no, the Washington Post. It was the wow. 2008 first election of President Obama that was under so much filth and trash that it was preserved. And, wow. Uh, preserved in amber, as it so, were. Like the bacteria couldn't <laughs> decompose the paper. Like there was no water. It, it, where was the rain? Thank you. There was so much trash over it. It wasn't getting we, wet. We and that first cleanup picked up that 12 tons literally within one block. Like we, we didn't move. Oh. There was so much volume of trash just piled from head to toe. Wow, man. So yeah. You want to know what I hear when I listen to this stupid article? I hear a ton of guilt. Like, I yes. legit think that everything they're saying about what you believe of them is them projecting what they're actually the doing about what Democrats have done for yeah. Baltimore, which is nothing. I mean, it's just nothing. How dare you expose the shortcomings of our failed politicians? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the shortcomings of Cummings. Yes. Well, and here's what yeah. nobody's talking about, too, that a lot of the older residents have been dying and the younger people aren't cleaning it up. That's one thing. And then also I met a woman who's 81 years old and she's four foot 10 inches tall. I mean, the woman is like a hundred pounds soaking wet. How is she possibly going to organize a cleanup and pick up 12 tons of trash? Mm -hmm. The fact is it has nothing to do with them trying to say it's a tired old stereotype of urban communities. No, these people literally just can't physically do it by themselves. So they need a little bit of help. And that's where we come in. What's wrong with that? You know, you know, what's interesting is I, one of the things I see based, you're saying the young people aren't cleaning it up. I feel like it's a lack of community that, re that results in a lot of this. And so the solution from the left tends to be give money to the government, the government will clean it up, but that doesn't solve the community problem. It just creates a bureaucratic mess where you now have administrators who like don't really do anything to help. They'll show up, they'll clean up. They, well, actually they're not for whatever reason, but until you have people who think I'm going to ask my neighbors what we can do to make our neighborhood better. You're just going to keep getting more of this across the country. So, so I guess my point with this is, I think it's going to start happening everywhere. Like you, look, you look at New York, there's no community there. Yeah. It's kind of an example of, we were kind of talking about how cities are sort of starting to fail or at least starting to rupture. And you can see like people are moving out in the times of COVID. It's another example that people create more trash than they can necessarily clean up or, or choose to clean up so we have to have these trash services come in and if those things can't for whatever reason get in or even if they can in this or in this sense of what baltimore was going through it seems like this trash is just going to continue and maybe it's maybe it's not tenable how many how many people like how many of you and everybody listening have gone to like your neighbor's house like walked out your door went to your neighbor and said hey i just want to introduce myself that's not really happening all that much mm. these days and not like, now. E e even if they do because like where i was living before up in the philly area we did go and talk to the neighbors, just like, a, hey, what's up? Here's what you know we're doing. Nice to meet you. Feel free to ask us for anything. And then we never talk ever again. And then uh, this was 10 years ago. Uh, one of our buddies, Luke Rutkowski of We Are Change, did this video where he went on the trains in New York. And he, he, was, he was basically saying, you have millions upon millions of people coming in and off these trains. Not once they talk to each other. And so he actually is like, I'm going to talk to these people. And then he asked him a bunch of like questions about like government conspiracy. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, but it, is, it is a good point. When I, when I see that you've got the older generation, they don't have the, the, the wherewithal, the resources, the time and energy to organize cleanups. And the younger people, they don't see value in their community. I, I, I not, I'm not going to say for everybody to actually organize this cleanup and actually do the job. I think what you're doing is extremely important. But how do you inspire them to, to be the next person to come and do the cleanup or to, you know, to make sure the garbage doesn't come back? You know what I mean? 
and just show up. I got a buddy, Justin in Pittsburgh, who after doing a cleanup with him, Every single month since we did the cleanup, he's not only been doing his own cleanup by himself, but also been registering voters. So I created a little mini Scott Pressler in Pittsburgh. Oh, no, no, no. My heart sings. I love it. That's amazing. And so I kind of feel like I'm a pebble and I'm just throwing myself in the water and I'm hoping that the ripple effect is going to, you know, happen because I run a no pressure campaign. You're never going to inspire somebody to do it by forcing them to do it. And that's what the Democrats don't understand. The difference between Republicans and Democrats is Republicans want you to have the freedom to do what you want. Democrats want you to force you to take action. And so I believe that by doing it positively and with love and just by doing something, I myself am going to inspire others to take action. Have you heard of the Gravel Institute? I haven't. So there, uh, this Mike Gravel, actually, I, I, I like the guy. I think he's a cool dude. And the people running this, uh, I like. We, we talked about him a little bit because they just launched this, like, counter to PragerU. Hmm. I just, you know, my request is that they tone down the meanness of their tweets and stuff, like insulting people. Because their videos are actually well made. Though I disagree with them, I like to see that the left is putting forward these arguments. So uh, there was a video they just put out today called Capitalism versus Freedom. Hmm. And there's a few really interesting things they say in this. One of which is, how is it freedom that you have to get a job or starve? Ooh. And I was, I, my, my first reaction was like, I don't understand. Like if you were in the middle of the woods and you decided I'm not going to do any work, <laughs> you would starve. Mm-hmm. What makes them think that they're in a city that is like special circumstance that someone else is going to feed you? But they basically make the argument that because you have to work, you're not free. And because employers, you know, set the terms of employment, you're not actually free. Therefore, I guess, I don't know what their ultimate argument is about how they bring about true freedom, communism, I guess. So anyway, you mentioned the freedom mm. thing, and I was I was lingering on the Scrivell Institute stuff. And so I don't know. Mm. I'm just thinking about who actually wants you to be free, Democrats or Republicans. And when we were talking, we were talking to uh, Kim, uh, Kimberly Klasik. Mm-hmm. She was uh, she was on the show a few weeks ago. It feels like the, the one of the reasons they're probably mad at you is because for one, you're showing people that by choice with no expectation of like money or anything in return, you just did something. Yeah. And it made everything better. And that's (laughs) like, that's the root of a job, right? So you can be like, I am going to build a thing and then you make it and then you go to somebody, I would like to give you this thing in exchange for, I don't know, a piece of pie or something. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go to a company to find money. But the narrative we get from any of these leftists is like, that's the only way to do it. Therefore, we must have communism. Otherwise, you're not free. Then when you show up and you start making them look bad, it's breaking that stranglehold where they say, basically, if you don't get the solution from us, which they're not really getting in the first place, then it'll be so much worse. When the reality is they need to actually, like individuals, I mean everybody, not just Baltimore, like other places you've been to, it's got to be community. You need people who live in the area to, to, to care about the area. But I think you, you did a cleanup in like Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest problems we have especially with places like Los Angeles, is that people are in and out. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to stick around. This place is a mess. It's almost like, you know, when uh, it reminds me of that uh, Simpsons joke where the garbage is piled really, really high. And then the rule is whoever knocks the garbage over has to take it out. So like there's like Bart staples a banana peel to the side of it. They have no interest in in doing better. And actually, that reminds me of uh, uh, the shopping cart problem. I forgot what it's called. You, You know what that is? Where you don't return the shopping cart? Yeah. 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 Oh, like, okay. You, there's no reward for it. Yeah. 
It's just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's not difficult at all, but people still don't do it. Yeah. Anyway, I guess the point that I'm getting to with, yeah, right. You do. For sure. Yeah. I guess the point that I'm getting to with everything I've been saying so far is I'm kind of worried that no one really cares about their communities anymore. And so it's, you know, you can do these cleanups in these, in these big cities, but I don't know. How do you feel about all this moving forward? What's going to happen? Um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I can sleep better at night knowing that I'm doing everything in my power to use my platform to make our country a better place. And, uh, you know, whether or not I'm successful at getting others, I know that I did my part. You know, so I, I can't judge my success based on the success of others. Uh, I feel good knowing that I'm uh, doing what I can to make America great. One thing yeah. you can do is when you're walking down the street, if you see a piece of trash, just pick it up. Pick it up. And yeah. T- it's really fun. In front it's of awesome. somebody. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And wave it in their face. Oh. No, no, I mean, just no, no, wait, whatever. <laughs> just pick it up and take it. Uh, sometimes there's not trash cans on the so- on the mm-hmm. corners, which is a little unfortunate. That'd be cool. But I know it's a lot of upkeep for the trash people to come, the trash people to come by and like empty all the trash cans on every city block. But yeah. pick one up. Just we, one. We can do what Singapore does. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. arrest people who yes. litter. Yeah, gum is illegal over there. You can't you chew gum. Oh, that's bad. Really? Yeah, you, there's no gum anywhere on the sidewalks because it's illegal. Uh-huh. Because people just spit it and stomp it into the ground. I feel like that's a good. Solution. Yeah, if, if you that like, sounds like a leftist dream, right? <laughs> a little I don't know, no, no. There. I don't. I don't know. I don't know because uh, it's almost like right authoritarian. You know, cleanliness, tradition, serve this. You know, it's. The left would just like destroy it and burn it down and then clap and cheer for it. Like, yay, we got rid of, we saved the city, you know? Cause that's what they're doing. You know, what's, yeah. you know what's funny to me is that they talk about tearing it all down, burning it down and starting from scratch. But it kind of makes me wonder then who exactly is going to do the upkeep in these cities? Nobody. Who is going to be making sure that everything's neat and clean and organized? You need someone who's kind of right leaning to make sure that this happens. Well, you could be clean and left leaning. It's just the problem yeah. is the left we have today is making excuses it's for the destruction. It, it's it, Look, man. If you want to be far left and talk about your communist utopia, all right, man, I'll have an argument. Hmm. But if you're supporting the people who are making everything worse and burning things down, I'm like, I don't really think you want to make things better, you know? There's a, have you heard of flash graphene? Are you familiar with the? I don't know flash graphene. Are you familiar with graphene at all? Like with trees? It's made of carbon. It's pure carbon. Okay. And it's like a hexagonal lattice. It's a new material. You'll see a lot of it in the 21st century. It's incredible material. But you can make it um, in a process where they take carbon, trash, and hit it with lasers. And you can turn it into this building material. Hmm. So I think if there's a purpose for the trash, it will excite people more to go out and get it, especially Maybe, like yeah. the government. The problem is sorting the trash, you know, like yeah. we could do a lot of things with plastic. We could do a lot of things with paper. We get we can food, 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 trash. Like, yeah, like banana oh, peels. well, the, the, right. We can compost that. One of the big problems is that the food gets all over everything else and then you got to clean it and separate. It's not it's not that easy. Now, we, I mean, I think one thing one of the things they do is like they put all the, the they, they take all the garbage. They put in a dump and they put like grass over the dump and then it breaks down like the, the trash has to break down and they, they siphon off the methane and, huh. and use it. Oh, cool. There's clever things we're doing to deal with trash. I mean, there's also you know. bacteria that eats it mm-hmm. that they found yeah. in Japan. I think one bacteria in a trash dump yes. underneath the pile eats plastic, right? Mm. Yeah. Super the future cool. is now, man. Hey, I know. I had a question for you, Scott. When you what when you first got inspired. So mm-hmm. you when was this? Like September 2019 and you were just chilling at your house or something mm-hmm. and then you saw a, a, what, what was it like the impetus just watching the tweets 
watching the social media, you know, saw President Trump retweeted Kimberly Klasik, and I went, wow, oh my gosh. People don't understand. We're all living in a bubble. Unless you live in LA, unless you live in Baltimore, you don't understand what it's like to live on the streets. You don't get it. Um, you haven't seen the tent cities. Mm -hmm. And uh, that really opened my eyes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we live in the greatest, freest country in the world, but our people are living like this. And yeah. so I said, okay, I'm going to do something about it. All right. Well, what do you like so much about Trump? I like that he's keeping his promises. I like that he's the first president that I can remember in my lifetime who has an unshakable commitment to actually keeping his campaign promises. I mean, it's almost like he has a piece of paper where he has them all listed and he's just going through and striking them off. I, I mean, no, I, I like that one of the criticisms the media's had is that his call for pulling our troops out of the Middle East was his desperate attempt to maintain a campaign promise. It's oh, no. Pretty, pretty sure Americans like that <laughs> right. he's doing that. Oh, I, mean, I do. Gosh, President Trump, stop keeping your promise to stop endless wars. You should be voting for the Iraq war like Joe Biden did. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the first president in something like, excuse me, you're going to have to fact check me, 40 years that hasn't gotten us into an endless war. That's something that whether you're a Republican or Democrat, we should all be cheering on that we're bringing our money home or bring our soldiers home not spending it why are we rebuilding iraq iran and afghanistan meanwhile our people are living like this in the streets of la and baltimore what if, what if one day you were like i'm gonna go clean up this mess and then as you you know you put on your apron or whatever you got <laughs> we got a breaking news that the troops had been brought back and instead of building cities in foreign countries they actually were cleaning up the trash and you could just sit back, crack open a beer, put on the TV and be like, my work here is done. I'll tell you why they're built, rebuilding over there in Iraq and Afghanistan, because they have an opportunity to start at the bottom. They get certain people with contracts that are very that they want to give the money to that Halliburton, for instance, big companies with connections with the people that are starting the wars. And so they get all the money from the rebuild. Whereas we did in Baltimore, those companies aren't in Baltimore and we'd have a hard time getting them into Baltimore. I, mm. I, I do think, you know, and they say we're spreading democracy. I think that's 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 one way of looking at it. But I think it has a lot to do with it's 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 like proxy war influencing. It's like gaining a, 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 a strategic location so that the U.S. can go to essentially proxy war with other countries. Oh, absolutely. Like, like Syria was a proxy war with the U.S. and Russia, essentially. Hillary Clinton was totally on board with like, I don't care if we go to war with Russia. So I, I remember this in 2016. That was the next question I was going to ask you. Hillary Clinton was was advised that a no-fly zone over Syria meant like, essentially World War III. Like Russia would be like, that's a that's a war. A, you know, we have, we have a military base there in, um, I think it's in Tartus. And she was like, so what? Basically, you know, essentially. So Donald Trump was like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to try and negotiate and bring peace. Why would we want war? And so you actually had the war hawk pro-war candidate mm -hmm. and Donald Trump, who was like, I'm not going to do that. So they accused him of working with Russia. But yeah, so that, that whole thing was basically this conflict with Russia, um, the conflict in Syria was very much the U.S. supporting those who opposed Russia and Russia supporting their ally in Assad. But anyway, I, I bring that up as sort of a segue. You said you, you worked for two years to defeat Hillary Clinton. Oh, yes. I'm, gonna I'm come, very I'm proud gonna, of that. I'm going to come back to the Trump question because I do want to get specifics on the promises thing. But mm -hmm. I do want to ask, like, uh, what don't you what didn't you like about Hillary Clinton? Well, for me, I have to make it clear, and I mean this with all due respect to our president, but 2016 was never about electing Donald Trump. For me, it was always about defeating Hillary Clinton. Now it's changed going to 2020, and we'll come back. But now, now for me, it's about electing Donald Trump, not defeating Joe Biden. I just thought she was the most 
untrustworthy candidate, and I never wanted her to have power back in the White House. I didn't want her to replace the late Antonin Scalia. I didn't want her to have power over all of those judges. And um, I'm so glad I helped defeat her. Yeah, that sounds like uh, regular old politics, I suppose. Yeah. You know, and now we're in this area, we're in this era where it's not regular old politics mm. at all. The weirdest thing to me is the support for Joe Biden, because I, I mean, it's the lies, man. I, I saw one, one, a friend of mine posted that they were like, Donald Trump will increase our military presence overseas and Joe Biden will what? end it. Yeah, I know. What? And I was like, how dare you? Were you That's, around from 2008 to 2016? Did you did you live for, from yeah 2008 to 2016? Were you were you were you you know like were you alive? Because I mean you could watch the news and see the news reports oh of what gosh. the Biden administration was doing. But these are the things that, they, that they're putting out. And Hillary Clinton was Obama administration. Joe Biden's the same thing. I think what they're going for is they want the same power structure, and they're like, what's the last thing we have? This Biden guy. It's the best. It's the status quo. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I really want to point something out for our mathematicians out there. Joe Biden has been a career politician for 47 years, which is 19 percent of our country's history. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) One fifth of our country's history that the United States first gave its declaration of independence. Joe Biden has been around for 47 years as a career politician. Isn't that incredible? Wow. It's I mean, it, it, it'd be almost impressive if he did good things, you know? <laughs> I know. Like, wow. <laughs> I mean, there was a while, a while uh, where I was actually excited for Bernie, but then Bernie sold out. You know, that's his that's Twice. His thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Twice. Were you, were you on board for Bernie in 2016, uh, rather? No. No. What was your, what was your feelings about just the, the voting and the political landscape going into 2016? In 2016? Oh, gosh. I mean... You know, I was hoping that we had the the wave on our side, but uh, I mean, I it was going to be close. I knew it. I didn't even think that we were necessarily going to win. I just never stopped and I hustled and I grinded every single day and I never stopped working. Uh, so I think I kind of deluded myself into thinking that we were going <laughs> to win. Um, but I mean, it, the thing that scared me is just the amount of young people that were coming over to the leftist ideology. And I think that shifted in four years I've never seen so many young people actually coming over to the conservative ideology. And I follow my my followers pretty closely. You know, I try to look at who's following me. And I'm seeing more and more college students, especially on Twitter. And on my Instagrams, people slide in my DMs all the time. And they just say, Scott, you know, I can't be outspoken like you are, which which is a travesty that we have to say that in today's society, mm-hmm. that people have to self-censor themselves. But all these young people are coming over. And you know what I think they're attracted to? They're not necessarily attracted to the politics. I bring them in through the positivity and through passion. The young kids are attracted to passion. And that leads me to believe that it's who gets there first. Is it a socialist that attracts the young kids? Or is it a capitalist that attracts the young kids? Who gets there first? Who plants the seed first? And that's going to affect the direction of our country. So that mean that behooves us to get there first. You know, I, I was kind of thinking about that. And I, I feel like this idea that young people are socialists no. is, well, I, I think it's an illusion. And you know what the best example, in my opinion, is? TikTok. 
Like you got people, you got these young kids who are like flashing money, not necessarily TikTok, <laughs> but like it's, it's a thing. These vloggers are like all rich and they're buying mansions and they're doing these dances where it's like, we are super rich and we own a mansion now. Like, I don't think these people are Bernie Sanders supporters. You know what I mean? They're, they're like making videos where they're making it rain on each other and stuff. I'm pretty Jack sure Murphy like was made an amazing observation that in his family, he's a communist in his in his locality, or he was quoting somebody. Yeah. Was oh, like, was he? Yeah. Like in so. his like neighborhood, in his, his city, he's a he's a socialist. And then in his in his grand in country, country, he's a capitalist. I thought. Well, okay. So like when you're at home, you work, and then you you buy food, and then you just give the food to your family, like you know, to each according to their need. Right. And so that's the general. That. that 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 actually makes a, a whole lot of sense because uh, communism works really, really, really well. With a very, very small group of people. So maybe. When, when, you, when you scale up beyond like five to ten people. A small group of hardworking people. And so right. kids probably see that growing up with their family and think communism is great. Like that's just why kids it's, tend towards what you're but, saying, but, socialism, but not really. But it's, it's more than that. It's, you, you take a kid who always is being given what they need from their parent. Then they go to school where they're always being told what to do and given what they need by the authority. Then they go to college. Now they're 24 when they are 22 to 24 when they get out, depending on which degree they're going for their entire lives. There was the, the giant head in the sky being like, I bestow upon you food for your labors. Thank you, giant head. Tell me what to do next. So what happens when these people actually go work? I've experienced this where I've had employees. I've hired people when I was working at Fusion and they'd be like, what should I do? And I'm like, I need you to book travel. How do I do it? I don't know. That's why I hired you. Oh, gosh. They're like, well, I don't know how to do it either. And I'm like, okay, we'll figure it out. But you have to tell me how to. No, I can't tell you because I don't know. I'm going to go make a documentary. You figure out the travel stuff. Let me know when you're done. And they'd freak out. I can't mm. do this. You got to give me instructions. Mm. Nah, welcome to the real world. Not happening. What, what was your school uh, life like? Um, like? Did you go to public school and how long? I went to a combination of public and private school. Was it like a self-motivated school or was it one of those, like, what do they call Masonic? Not Masonic. But Masonic. Um, I didn't not go Masonic. to a Masonic school. <laughs> no, was it? Not, cool. not a I did not go to the Masonic temple. <laughs> some school where, where you could, uh, no. Montessori or something. Montessori. Montessori school. What is that? Yeah. Where like you do whatever you want? No, yeah. just, kind I mean, like no, I went to private school. I mean, it was pretty normal. Yeah. I want, I want to go back to the, the Trump thing. I want to ask you, um, specifically, mm -hmm. what, what, what are your favorite promises that he, that he's kept? Well, he's given us two Supreme Court justices. He's about to give us number three, which is ACB. Uh, I believe we're up to over 200, uh, federal judges, which are lifetime appointments. I like that he cut the corporate tax because just thinking logically for a second, let's think logically when we're talking about corporate tax. If China has a corporate tax of, 20 and america has a corporate tax of 30 if you're a business where are you strategically gonna go you're probably gonna go to china because it's lower and you can get better business right i believe that he's lowered our corporate tax to 15 or something like that so that's bringing businesses back to america it's incentivizing businesses to come along, to along with our tariffs country. and with tariffs yeah and you know what i'm sorry but i'm not a free trader I want to make it very clear. I'm a fair trader and you can be a free trader all you want. But if other countries are imposing penalties and tariffs on us and we are not imposing penalties and tariffs back on them, I call that stupidity. I think that is dumb that we are not playing on a fair 
uh, battleground versus other countries? Why are we letting them rip us off? And why are we rewarding them with our business to rip us off? That they, makes no sense. They're extract. Our, our industries are being extracted. Thank you. And it was Dylan Radigan who said that like 10 years ago on hmm. MSNBC. He said oh, oh, many, many criticisms for the Democrats and the Republicans. But he mentioned that our, our jobs are being extracted through trade. Yes. And that was that was like 2011. Yes. That was amazing. We've seen it. We have people in America who it then becomes Ian's job as an American at a company to train his counterpart across the country to do his job for oh, him. Outside the world, you mean? Uh, yeah, other, other, on other countries in the yeah. world. And we've seen that. And, you know, I love that he's securing the border. Illegal immigration is a big, big issue for me. And I think it plays into Black Lives Matter because in our country, we have 3.6 million black children living in poverty. We have 4 million Hispanic children living in poverty, and we have 4.2 million white children living in poverty. So how can you in a straight face say to me, Black Lives Matter, while the Democrat Party is taking care of illegal immigrants over black lives? If you care about black lives, put the black community first. So I'm a big proponent of stopping illegal immigration. Uh, I support our police. I support defending, not defunding our police. And, you know, this issue isn't very popular to some because I know it's not necessarily America first, but I think it's important to show President Trump is the only president keeping his promises. Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, all promised they would move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. And who was the only president in all of those years to keep his promise? President Donald Trump. And what did the media say when he did? Racist or... Oh, no, they said it's World War III. Or <laughs> World War III, it's going to... Iran's going to launch the ships and then Syria. And, and then, what oh, happened? No, nothing happened. Nothing. No, oh, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Now we're getting peace with Bahrain. Right. Now we're getting peace with the, uh, the Emirates, the UAE. Saudi Arabia. Oh, but where's the Nobel Peace Prize for Donald Trump, even though he's been uh, he's been nominated for three now? Just FYI. He might get mm -hmm. one. I don't think so. They're not going to give him that. No, I mean, they'd it's, never. It's not and an American that, that chooses it, so he might. It's not no an way. honor anyway. It has been the fact that President Obama, I think within his first year, received the not, Nobel yeah, Peace. Like first nine so months. Yeah. It was so crazy. <laughs> it was so and he, meanwhile, he's bro, bombing I, everybody. I don't, but I don't, I don't blame Obama for that. He got nominated by no, no, somebody. No, no. We don't blame him. And he was like, we blame what? the process. <laughs> right, right, right. The Pulitzer, if he were, trash. if he were honorable, Emmys. you know what I would have done? Yeah. I would have, as President Obama, I would have said, I'm so humbled and honored by this, but I cannot at this time accept this award. Mm -hmm. And I would like to fulfill my campaign promises to you of peace. And then I will, it, he could have done it in such a classy way. When he first, I, oh, no, right. when he first got into office, he kept saying how much he admired Abraham Lincoln and he was ready to make some move and get assassinated and change the world. But he didn't no, have he anybody's, wasn't. he didn't have anybody's support. The American people no were just way, like, dude. Hey, our guy, well, like we were talking about, the American people were like, our guys in, we're done. We're, they walked away. He had, Oh, and, and then you know Obama. Then he did? started talking about his favorite guy was Teddy Roosevelt. He had a big <laughs> Obama. So in four years, he realized I'm not going to do the Lincoln thing. I like Teddy. Yeah, he got in. He was like, you know, I campaigned on uh, ending <laughs> our Middle Eastern wars, and my first executive order as president is to blow up a bunch of kids. That's what he did. A village of women and children in Pakistan, I believe, drone strike. And that's I remember it was like a month, and I was like, yeah, hope and change. And then I'm like, let's see what's going on. Ah, <laughs> I voted for that. Whoa. And then no one was there. Everyone was gone. And I'm like, where, mm. where'd everybody go? I kind of feel bad about this, guys. Where? There's nobody left. Well, All the activists were, woo, gone. How about the big stories that nobody is talking about that President Trump is taking on Big Pharma? 
I mean, that is a giant story. When has a president ever done that? What's he doing? Well, he's trying to lower drug prices so we can be competitive with Canada, for example. And he also gave us the right to try, which mm -hmm. was huge for patients that are uh, terminal, terminal yeah. and giving them the option to try uh, a drug to see if it will save their life. And I can't I can't believe that wasn't already available. Thank you. So, so you know, you know, what this is like, let's say you're dying. And, and the doctor's like, you're going to die in six months. Now there's a clinical trial right now for this drug that might kill you too, but you can try it because you're going to die anyway. So normally, like there's a, there's a ton of experimental treatments. There's a ton of treatments that maybe haven't gone to human trials. Right to try means if I'm going to die anyway, give me that medication. Does that entail psychedelics too? Like mushrooms, things that are... You are wearing a mushroom shirt, but I cannot I answer that mushrooms. question. <laughs> I hear that they're really good for end-of-life patients. Okay. They help people deal with coming in terms of death and stuff. Interesting. What was that movie where like the old dude's doing heroin? Because he's like, I'm 80 years old. I don't care. <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine or something. And then he ODs. Oh, that's no. terrible. I mean, like you're, on, you're like, if it, I, look, if, if you're dying and you're old and Why you're not? in pain... Yeah. If you it, should have the right you to have chill a chance and to save your life. And so these are the stories nobody's talking about, uh, veteran affairs and making it so you can fire people if they're not doing their job. Why do we not treat our government like a business? I don't get that. If you're not doing your job, get the heck out and let's put in somebody that will. President Trump allowed it so you can fire people within the VA if they're not doing their job. Wow. There, there's, there, there is a, a, a challenge between how we run businesses and how we run government. The challenge with businesses is that they're, in, in, in essence, authoritarian, right? The boss can say, you know what, you're gone, get out for, when, for any reason, for the most part. We, we do have a bunch of labor laws, so it's not completely. But the general idea is it's a private company. They can do what they want. Well, government has to have consent of the governed, so you end up, I think, with you know these bureaucratic systems. I think the main problem is... We've been stacking laws upon laws upon laws forever. And so now we have this giant ball of sludge that's impossible to move through. I think that's been one of the biggest hurdles for Donald Trump is that he's used to running this company where he can be like, give me the permits. We're building a, a golf course right over there. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to love it. Then he gets into government and he's like, I know exactly how to solve this problem. He's like, get me a national security advisor. We're going to go through. I'm sorry, sir. We can't do that. We have to go through Congress first. And then once we get approval, wait, what? How long is that going to take? Six months. Oh, wow. Yeah, so so one of the challenges with the big pharma thing is you're right, he's trying, but he's not a king. He can't, you know, he he signed his executive orders to lower prices, and now I guess some people I've seen report that insulin prices have dropped quite a bit, mm -hmm. EpiPens have gone down, but when he goes in these debates, they're like, you're not, you can't do that. Executive order can't even change this. You're you're making it up, and they're arguing he can't lower the prices. Like what can I guess? I guess what Trump did with the executive order, which was within his powers, is I'll open up trade with other countries. So it was like in Canada, they get things super cheap. So he says, "Fine, we won't buy from the big big pharma that's jacking the price up on we'll all these things." We'll get it things. from Canada. We'll get it from Canada. So that'll force them to lower their prices. Precisely. You know. You know. You know what I love about this? All this stuff. I, I know so many people who are saying things like, can you believe Trump was putting you know, tariffs on products and starting a trade war? And I was like, oh, yeah? Yeah, tell me why you're worried about that. Well, I mean, it's like bad. Like, why is it bad? Well, because there's like a trade deficit. What does that mean? I just like Trump shouldn't do it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about, okay? So I'll tell you what. I saw this today from Gallup. This is, gonna, this, this is one of the most shocking polls I have, I have seen yet in this cycle. Guess what? Enthusiasm, they say, is very high, right? 
for Donald Trump, voter enthusiasm is through the roof. I mean, people are saying, like, I will crawl through, you know, barefoot through broken glass to vote for Donald Trump. Accurate. Enthusiasm for Joe Biden is non-existent. There's no one going like, Biden! <laughs> They're mostly just like, I hate Trump. But get this. Gallup says enthusiasm is average. They do not expect high voter turnout. What? Based, yep. But but think about what that means. If Trump supporters are like frothing at the mouth, screaming like, ah, I gotta go vote Trump. And they're like jumping out windows and like superhero landing and then running a million, you know, to go to the voting, voting booth. If the Trump supporters are extremely active, enthusiastic and ready to vote, but voter turnout's expected to be the same, that sounds like Trump's going to win. In a landslide. Maybe. Mm. So, so check. That's what it sounds What, you like. don't think so? It's going to, we're going to have historically high voter turnout. That's but that actually said. helps President Trump. I'm telling you right now, we're going to have historically high voter turnout. And we've seen it already in the amount of ballots that have already been returned in Florida, the early voting going on in Virginia, the amount of voter registrations that are going on. It's going to be historically high. But that helps Donald Trump. Why does that help Trump? We're seeing new voters, new people that have never voted in 56 years. I get messages like that all the time. Scott, I'm in Tennessee. I'm 56 years old. I've never voted. Will you help me register to vote? Yes, I will. And I'm seeing that all across the country. Now, I know that's anecdotal, but people are still in my jams. We, so. we, we, we are seeing <laughs> that the GOP is registering more voters than the Democrats. Yes. yes. And they're closing the gap. So most, most people don't probably don't know this. The Republican Party is much smaller than the Democratic Party. And Republicans tend to win because independent voters will, sw mm -hmm. will swing towards the Republicans. But now we're seeing the gap closing. Mm -hmm. We're getting the, the GOP in Pennsylvania, for instance, in, in uh, numerous places have closed the gap, I think, by 160,000 registrations there. Uh, uh, and according to Axios, it's not necessarily because of new voters. You know what's happening? People are leaving the Democratic Party. It's new voters, too. It is. It is for sure. Yeah. Tr Trump lit up a bunch of areas that had never voted before. Yeah. But it's significant to say many Democrats are walking away. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Look at the data. I mean, PA is my wheelhouse. And I'm spending the entire month of October in Pennsylvania. I'm actually heading there tomorrow to Doylestown, which is Bucks County. Bucks County hasn't voted Republican since, I believe, 1988. And uh, historically been Democrat. And their voter registration numbers for the Republicans are through the roof. That is a bellwether. Look at Erie. Erie's another bellwether, which voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Their Republican numbers are through the roof. Allegheny County, which is Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, which is basically, they always say Pennsylvania is Philly and Pittsburgh and then Alabama in the middle. We're doing really <laughs> well with voter registration in Allegheny County. So uh, the numbers don't lie. Arizona's looking good, which, by the way, the Democrats just uh, extended the voter registration to October 23rd. Yesterday was the last day, by wow. the way. Florida. They are desperate. North Carolina and Pennsylvania. We're killing it in all four states. So you're going out and doing voter registration? Oh, yeah. I'm doing voter registration, sign waving, door knocking, phone banking. I will do whatever it takes to win legally. That's then, what needs to happen, man. And then you're going to sleep for five months. And then I will sleep. So well, depending on what happens on Tuesday, November 3rd, because if it is a contested election, yada, yada, then Scott Which it probably will sleep. be with, with mail-in, right? Like, it's going to well, be because three or four weeks Depends. So, what I think Michigan... Or, are they waiting till the 10th? Um, well, there's been some conflicting stuff. So like a federal judge 
said something about like Wisconsin or, or one of those states or maybe Maine that, you know, they, they have to be due on election day. So several of the Democrats plots to extend the mail in ballots are being shut down, which is great because Ronna McDaniel has a, I think it's protect the vote.com and they're doing a good job suing the Democrats. But, uh, it, it, we need to vote overwhelmingly. It has to be an overwhelming and resounding victory on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. And we not only have to win the House, but we have to win the Senate. And dare I say, it would make us look much better if we win the popular vote, too. You know, so those states like Mississippi and Arkansas and South Dakota, like your vote matters more because it's going to go to the popular vote. I got more good news for you. What's up? So people often talk about the secret Trump voter or the shy Trump voter. Mm -hmm. There's actually a research that was done that came out at the end of August that asked the question, how do you figure out if people are actually lying to the pollsters to figure out if the numbers make sense? Because you, what are you supposed to do? You ask somebody like, who are you voting for? And they say, Biden, are you lying to me? No. Okay. So how do you know if they're actually lying? So they ask people questions like, do, uh, you know, do you feel that you can be truthful about, you know, who you would vote for and see if they said yes or no. Would you be worried at all if, you know, someone asked you who, how you really felt? Yes or no. And what they ended up finding, and it's, it's like seven PhDs that did this project. 10.1% hmm. of the polled voters are likely Trump supporters who are lying about their vote. Wow. You know what that means? It's a 20% swing. Wow. So, well, hold on. You've got Biden nationally. At 9.2 up in the mm -hmm. RCP aggregate. Mm -hmm. Imagine if 10% of the vote was secretly for Trump. Then it would put Trump at plus 1%. Yeah. Guess what else? No, it would put him at plus plus 11% because Biden would be down 10 no. and Trump would go up 10. Right. So, so, so Biden's at 50, Trump's at 40. Biden would go to 40 and Trump would go to 50. Get it? So plus 10. It is a, it is yeah, a, it yeah, is a yeah, 20 yeah, point swing. Mean, yeah. So, but here, here's, here's, here's what's interesting. The Sunday Express poll that Trump tweeted out, guess what it shows? Trump plus one. Huh. So I'm wondering if when a British company says, how, how are you voting? They went, nah, it's a British company. I'm voting for Trump. When the Americans call and they're like, hi, I'm an American journalist. Who are you <laughs> voting for? <laughs> Biden. Biden, I swear. Are you being honest? Yes, please don't come to my house with Antifa. I don't know if people are actually freaking out in that capacity. I'm kind of kidding. They but do. Now, I was in New Hampshire and I knock on this woman's door in the front and she's got a little side area and she doesn't answer the door right away. We're about to leave and she comes out to the side and she's real shy and timid. Young, young thing too. I'd say like early thirties. And she goes, is my neighbor next door? I said, you know, we, we didn't knock. We didn't see anybody. And she goes, I have a question for you. She goes, did you know that if you type in antifa.com, it goes to Joe Biden's? <laughs> I swear. I swear to God. Yeah, someone just did I that. Swear though, to God. You know, it's like not a, I know, but still, right. the fact is, this woman was so shy and timid about even asking that question and whether or not her neighbor would overhear this mm. conversation. Yep. And I just said back to her, you know, the reason why I'm supporting President Donald Trump is because I want law and order. And I want to make sure that we're upholding our laws and defending our police. You know, I really went in on the law and order since that clearly was important to her. But it just shows me those shy voters exist and she's the suburban woman that doesn't want antifa or blm burning down her city they're they, out there they found that 11 percent of republicans were were worried about sharing their true opinions yeah about I'm sure it's more uh, than that 
I think it was 10, 10.5% of independents were scared and 5.4% of Democrats were scared. Mm. All in all, with the entire voter base, they said it was around 10.1% were, uh, uh 10.1% of the shy vote were Trump supporters. Mm. Or I want, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I gotta be very careful with language because I, I think it was something like 10% of the Trump supporters were saying they weren't voting for Trump. That's basically. Okay. So I, I, I don't know if this, like, look, man, the polls right now have Biden like ridiculously up. It's just, it's just insane. And, and I gotta be real. If Donald Trump wins with polling where it's at right now, like if it stays where it is, it will be probably the, one of the most insane historical American presidency upsets ever. It the won't media, stay the same. For sure. I think as we get closer to the election, things will change. But I feel like the media is going to come out and be like, we did a new weighted poll and Joe Biden's up 73. Donald Trump's at 1% approval and the rest is all Joe Jorgensen. And people are going to, like, I'm exaggerating, obviously. Joe's going to win Utah. Do you, think you know, you... like they did with, no. Oh, Gary Johnson. No. <laughs> like they did with um, Evan McMullen. Remember when they said oh, that he yeah. was going to win Utah and they had that pipe dream? <laughs> the wait for those. Those theories are going to come out. It's going to be great. Crowder was asking, are polls actually just propaganda? I think it was Crowder. Yes. Or are they actually referencing what is coming? I think they are propaganda. They are. Well, it's, it's a fact. St- several studies have been done. They, there's a large faction of people who will vote for who they think is going to win. So when the polls keep coming out saying it's Biden, what they're trying to do is just convince. I think, I think the polls, for the most part, there's no conspiracy. But there are weighted polls where they're very clearly favoring Democrats. But- that sounds like a conspiracy. I think if a media company is doing a weighted poll, like, look, there, there's Democrat pollsters. It's, I, that's they're not trying a, to make it look like a Democrat's winning. So but the they do that Democrats all the time. They're, they're, manipulating. Consp- they're conspiring to get people I to guess. vote Democrat. Conspiracy 101. But, so I, I think what ends up happening is if Joe Biden is, if, if the media keeps saying over and over again, he's winning, he's winning, he's winning, then they're trying to demoralize Trump supporters, which I don't think will work because people has the opposite effect. Right. People like I, I think. Well, I think Trump supporters don't care about the polls for the most part. I think voting for Donald Trump is an f you to the establishment. So it's like that you have that one opportunity to tell Joe Biden and the Obama administration to shove it, and it's hitting that you know that Donald Trump button. Mm-hmm. That's what people want. I, it feel like, and the media too. Like because I really am sick. Okay, man, I've been ranting on this nonstop. Brian Stelter of CNN is is claiming now on mainstream cable television. That there is a government conspiracy between the military pilots, the Secret Service, all of the doctors at Walter Reed, Donald Trump, his staff, to cover up that he's actually really sick. Even though the president walked out of the hospital of his own volition and then waved to everybody. Then what happens? The Guardian puts out a video and they're like, Donald Trump is gasping for air. And it's Trump just going like. <sighs> like, he just, he, oh, he's like standing there and he like opens his mouth, takes a breath. He's like. And then he waves and they're like, oh, he's gasping. Wait, aren't these the same people that criticize him for having two scoops of ice cream? Yeah. Well, that was supposed to be tongue in cheek. But the problem is many of them <laughs> ended up taking it seriously. Seriously. So, there, yeah. So it was funny because there's there's a woman at CNN who does kind of jokey segments. And she was like, Donald Trump gets two scoops of ice cream. <laughs> well, everyone gets one. It's supposed to be silly. But then you ended up with like, I think Don Lemon did a segment about it. He's like, did you see this? Two scoops of ice. Oh, God. Did, did you see the salt shaker one? No. Where they were like, Trump's salt and pepper shakers are bigger than everyone else's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe that stuff, dude. The, the CNN challenge is to turn on, like, turn on Fox News during a major international news story and then flip to CNN. 
So I did this several times. It's like I turn on Fox News and it's like riots erupting in Iran. The you know the the, the government says this this and I'm like uh CNN. Well, but Donald Trump was saying and I'm like okay. Then like a week later I turn on Fox News and they're like storms are coming this season. We can expect major flooding. I'm like it's the weather. But the weather's important to people. Turn on CNN. Well, what Donald Trump said, that's the CNN challenge. You turn on you turn on CNN, it is just Donald Trump. But 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 anyway, here's my point. Unhinged conspiracies about a government cover up. If there was a cover up of Donald Trump's health, that would mean the doctors are in on it. The AP photographer who took pictures of Trump was in on it. The pilots of the helicopter was in on it. The Secret Service, they're all in on it. There's no conspiracy. Trump was just not really that sick. He went to the hospital because he's the president. And they were like, well, he's got some mild symptoms. He should go to the hospital. And now they're pumping that out with impunity. Social media doesn't care. They let him do it. So that, 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 that Donald Trump button isn't just about Trump. It's about the entire establishment, the Democrats and the media. Oh, yeah. I mean, like when you vote for Donald Trump, I take extreme pleasure in knowing that I'm voting against Joy Behar, Alyssa Milano and Jim Acosta, <laughs> mm-hmm. like all at once like that. I already voted early and in person. So my vote is locked in. Uh-oh. Oh, there yeah. I voted with mom and dad. Oh, heck yeah, dude. Can you say where you're from? Do people know where you're oh, from? Oh, yeah. I live in Fairfax, Virginia. I voted ah, okay. in Northern Virginia. Right on. You, so there, you can. I didn't know you could do that. You can go yeah. vote in person early, early and in person. Oh, mm-hmm. Maybe I should do that. Voted at the Fairfax Government Center. Yeah, you, Virginia. No, no, back in Jersey. Okay, because oh, well, Joyzy, mm, mm. governor up there, he's doing some mischief. You guys well, only get to vote by mail, by the way. However, to everybody in Jersey that's watching, don't send it through the USPS. You can drop off your ballot in person at the drop off yeah. box. And then that way you're still kind of voting in person. One, one of the big problems, though, is that you got to know all the rules for how the mail-in ballots work. Oh, it's so tough. And people have never done it before. No. So like I was watching, uh, I was actually watching John Oliver, which is the, is the weirdest thing. Okay? Oh, no, no, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> when you when you walked in, I was watching the Gravel Institute. You see, True. I watch what the left is talking about. I, I even... watch the View sometimes. Well, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you're, you're enduring very serious trials and tribulations for the American people. I respect that. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I talking? I was watching John Oliver, and he actually he, he talks about how some of the ballots have a secret envelope. You put it in, and then put the secret envelope in another envelope, and most people have no idea. Like what? Doesn't make sense. So interestingly about the John Oliver thing is that he's ragging on Trump, but then talking about how mail-in voting was broken. He was like, 500,000 ballots rejected. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so important. And I'm like, yo, that was the Democrats. The Republicans said, don't do it. It's broken. So who are you mad at? He's like the lost stepchild. Not there's anything wrong with being a stepchild of John Stewart. So there's some semblance of legitimacy to no. him. It's, it's some. They took John Stewart. And then they made a John Stewart mold of this, like, right. here's John Stewart's formula. And it's not, you know, what really offended me about the John, the, the John Oliver segment is that he was like, in 1980, people actually started showing up to polls with revolvers and armbands to, to guard, you know, the Republicans sent them out. And he's like, which is basically what the Nazis were doing with revolvers and armbands and threatening the polls. And oh. then it shows like Germany, like with arrows pointing to Poland. And I was like, bro, they didn't have revolvers. They had Lugers. Come on, get your guns right. I'm not even a gun person. I know that Germans had, you know, like they weren't using revolvers back then. It's an impressive weapon. But the jokes fell flat, to say the least. Mm. But, it, you know, I, I guess long story short with that segment is I saw this lefty dude who posted it. And I was like, I don't understand who you're mad at. Like you watch this segment and he's basically saying mail-in voting is completely like broken. Bro, that's your fault. 
You yeah. keep you keep screaming that Donald Trump is claiming the election is going to be, you know, fraudulent or, you know, improper or inaccurate. He was right. Now John Oliver's complaining about it. OK, fine. Let's play the game. Trump said without evidence. And John Oliver said also without evidence, apparently, that mail in voting is going to have problems. Because if, if, if you're telling me that Trump said it without evidence, then why are we giving a free pass to John Oliver? How about this? Whenever Donald Trump says it, put a little asterisk and then and then show the clip of John Oliver saying exactly it. Just just tweet that out. Like, here's Trump. And then right underneath it is John Oliver, like ranting and showing you the same thing. Maybe then people will get it. You will understand it's all broken. What are your feelings on the mail in voting? Well, I'm going to make two very bold predictions. Number one, I know in Pennsylvania, for example, you're exactly right that you have two envelopes. You got to put your ballot in. You got the first one and the second one. And if it's not in both of them, it's not counted. And I believe that is going to actually hurt the Democrats. The majority of conservatives are going to be voting in person. Majority of Democrats voting by mail. I think we're going to see, and I don't want this because I don't want voters to be disenfranchised. I want them to be heard. But we're going to see tens of thousands. If not, I believe California had a 100,000 ballots that they threw out that they didn't count. We're going to see a very high number of ballots that are not counted. And I think the majority of them are going to be Democrat. Also, listen to this. You got all these kids that are not in school because of COVID, right? Florida State, Penn State, Ohio State. So let's talk about Center County where uh, Penn State is for a second, historically blue. A lot of those kids are back home. They're in Jersey. They're in New York. They're in Illinois. You think that they're going to be turning in an absentee ballot to vote in Pennsylvania? I don't think so, because I remember as a college student, I was pretty losing myself. So I think we're going to see historically blue counties where all these college students vote. I think we're going to see tens of thousands fewer voters for the Democrat Party because of COVID. I have another theory. So you guys remember when Donald Trump did that uh, that rally what was it Tulsa I think mm-hmm. uh-huh and it was like it was a fizzle I suppose like they were expecting like we have a million registrations yeah. everyone's come we got this big outdoor area and then it was like six to seven thousand people that's what the Democrats are doing right now so when you put on the NFL Black Lives Matter MLB Black Lives Matter NBA Black Lives Matter every single show Amazon boom you turn on Call of Duty and like a thing pops up and it's like do you support Black Lives Matter I don't know if it was Call of Duty but apparently like some video games were doing this here's what's going to happen the pollsters are going to call and there's going to be some dude sitting in his, you know, lounge chair with like a bowl of barbecue chips on his stomach as he's watching, you know, Ooh. he's watching Ozark or something. And then he gets his phone call and it rings and he's like, who's calling me? Hello? And they're like, hi, I'm a pollster and I want to ask you questions. Oh, okay. Who are you voting for? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Biden, I guess. Do you support Black Lives Matter? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're for sure. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Bye. And he hangs up and then he goes back to stuffing his face with barbecue chips. When people are being slapped in the face over and over again. Politics, politics, Biden, Black Lives Matter, go vote. Mm-hmm. They're going to be sitting there and they're going to just play along. They're going to be like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that, that, that thing for sure. And then vote. Election day is going to come and he's going to be sitting in his chair with the barbecue chips on his chest, you know, on his, on his belly. And he's going to be eating it. And then he's going to look at his phone. And it's going to go Burr, election day. And he goes, Ugh. and then he's going to look at the TV and then he's looking down at the chips. And he's going to put his phone back and keep eating the chips. Mm. They're not going to go out. I think they're tricking themselves in. And what I think. Hap- so I was reading about what happened with Trump's rally. Apparently, the email to RSVP said, RSVP anyway to show your support for Trump. So then a bunch of people who never plan, plan on going signed up, giving him a million RSVPs. Only six, seven thousand people actually want to show up in person. A lot of people did watch online. It was, it was pretty big. So this is what I think the Democrats are doing. If you, in, if you do this massive influx of Black Lives Matter and Democrat politics in pop culture, 
then you're going to get a bunch of young people being like, yeah, Donald Trump's so dumb. Like, dude, we're going to go. So we're so going to go vote. They're not going to vote, dude. They're going to be sitting there smoking pot and like making TikTok videos. And they're going to be like, yo, did you guys vote? Nah, did you? Nah. You guys want to order Papa John's? Yeah, all right. <laughs> that's that's I, it. I actually cheated and had Papa John's earlier. <laughs> I won't. I won't. But I will never turn down more pizza. That's I right. won't. I won't do Papa John's so anymore, good. man. We should make what happened with John Schneider? Oh, I thought you were being for real. I was like, oh, gosh, after he's thinking about barbecue chips, I'm hungry. <laughs> no, I won't eat Papa John's. Oh, okay. No, I for real. I respect yeah, because that. Uh, I take it back. <laughs> you, Papa you, John you don't happen with Papa John, right? Uh, you have to. He was, I know he had to like quit. He <laughs> was on a phone call and he was complaining. That like Colonel Sanders used the N word and the media never like, you know, he, he it was like it was no big deal. But he said the N word. So then someone leaked the audio and they claimed that like an employee for a company, a third party that was listening was offended at his use of the word. It's like what he literally just said the word. He was using it in a context where the word was bad and he was angry that someone wasn't being held accountable. Like it wasn't fair. Mm. And then they stripped his name off, like his the, the university where he made donations. Yeah, he got ousted from the company. His company. His company. And they've re- they've like they just bludgeoned him over they the took head. Over. Yeah. For and and I think it was just you know hostile takeover. It was someone's opportunity to make money. Like ha, we got him now. There was a guy at Netflix. This is my favorite story. And he was going over a list of offensive words with the staff, and he said the N word. So they went to HR and they complained. So HR calls him in and they're like, "What happened?" And he explained, like, I was just going through the list of offensive words that don't appear on Netflix. And what, what are the words? Well, you've got this word, that word, and word. And they went, oh, he said it again. Mm. So they fired him. Yeah. I, I think Netflix is getting hit with a lawsuit right now. Oh, they got indicted. In- Netflix, do you, see, do you hear about this? Netflix got indicted by for Texas. What? For the Cuties oh. film. Oh, good. Yep. Good. This is crazy stuff. On what? What was the charge? Uh, I guess, I don't know the exact charge, but they said it was for prurient... Uh, uh, sexual content or something. Wow. Yeah, it basically, was a, it was a state. A state hit him with it, right? Uh, it was a county. It's a Texas county. So, so basically, uh, the Cuties film, for those who don't know, is about eleven-year-old girls doing adult dances, you know, fully clothed or whatever. But there's some really gross stuff in the movie, and there's a few scenes that are overtly sexual acts in Nate. Like it's it's overt. Like they, mm. so. Uh, I don't even want to explain what the girls do, but let me just say, there's a scene where the girls do an overt sex act. It's like, it's hard to describe because it's not like, it's it, it, it's not porn. It's what they described as like fully clothed girls engaging in a sexual activity of some sort. Hmm. So that was part of the indictment where they're like, that scene is clearly gratuitous children. Like gratuitous, it is children doing overt behaviors, fully you know clothed or otherwise, partially clothed or fully clothed. And that was illegal. And so hmm. they're being indicted for it. So if you are curious, purient means having or encouraging an excessive interest in sexual matters. Oh. And I would say that is Can you spell that, true. please? P-R-U-R-I-E-N-T. Mm, learn like something new. I know. Well, I think there comes, you know, it's such a difficult balance because we are freedom fighters. And, you know, we believe in being free speech absolutists, etc. So I would have at least liked to see first something sent out to Netflix saying, look, this is overtly sexual. You have this many days to take this down. Otherwise, we are going to take litigious action against you. That did happen. Say it again. Like, I think it was like... That 30, did happen? 30, okay, good. 33 Republicans, several Nancy attorneys... Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Mm-hmm. And they still general, didn't take it down after. They defended it. Yep. And and this this movie has like... That's that's crazy. Yeah, I can't you, believe they did even it. Even like the, the ads for the movie were... 
Mm. Like the clips on YouTube, the trailer, it was just too much. They argue, well, they, they argue but the movie is opposing these behaviors. Mm. It's like, so you took little girls, yeah. you trained them to do these things, you filmed them doing it. To claim it's bad? Like, yeah, I'm not buying it, dude. I'm not buying it. So, Well, and it, if you've ever seen the movie 13, it's about these girls, this good girl meets this bad girl. And it kind of shows how she goes down this terrible roller coaster. And it does include uh, not anything overtly sexual, but, you know, that, you know, they're going through that age and drugs and alcohol. And I think the difference is Cuties was more glorifying. At least it looked like it was glorifying from the ads, whereas the movie 13, it was painting a very dark picture about how this good girl, her life completely went downhill when she started doing all these different acts. And I think uh, there, there's a difference if you're trying to make that message, don't glorify the sexuality. Well, they don't need to even show it. They could imply it. Yeah, implied. Absolutely. So you know, the, the way I explained it is, there's a three minute dance scene at the end, which mm. is one of, like the most gratuitous where that's where the overt act takes place. Mm. I, don't even, I don't even want to describe what it is, man. I think this is disgusting. But all they had to do was show the girls like watching that they, they didn't have to have, to have the girls watch any videos. You could have a, a, a hands holding a phone, watching an adult dance of some sort. Mm. Then you can have a scene change where it shows the girl looking at a, all the girls looking at the phone from the other side. So the actual young actresses aren't watching the video. Then when you have them actually go on the stage to perform the dance, you have an idea of what the dance already is, and you don't actually have little girls doing it. You just show reactions from the audience, gasping and like looking shocked and getting offended and angry. And then it ends the little girls realizing like everyone's mad at us because that's apparently what happens in the film. Instead, for three minutes, they're like showing these girls doing all this stuff and it's messed up. Mm. So my, my, my point for this whole film has been like, if you're really trying to say it was bad, you don't need three minutes to show it. It could have even like I, if their argument was, no, we have to. OK, five seconds, 10 seconds. Why three minutes? Mm. Nah, they just wanted an it was excuse. a French film. Um, yeah, it seems like we're in the age of like sexual liberation in a way with like, you know, the LGBTQ movement and like the, you know, the new genders and things like that. But it, this is showing that pedophilia is a step too far. Is what it feels it's not, like. No, it's abusing children is not the same thing as having like an orient, having an orientation. They're, no, they're, not at all. But, but, but this is also like a sexually liberative movement of showing children in sexual positions and prurient behavior. And I think that's just what they're what we're seeing is in the United States. It's too far. I, I disagree. I think it's exploitation. It is a form of exploitation. It's not liberation in any sense. Well, I think the French filmmaker thought of it like that. No, her 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 excuse was that it was criticizing all of it, saying it was bad. Not liberating. She said it was bad, and the movie ends with the girl realizing it was an awful thing to do. That's and like saying, let me show you how bad it is when I punch you, and then punching you in the face. See how bad this is? It's like, you right. can't, that doesn't... No, the way I put it is, like, imagine if we were like, we're going to make a movie about how drugs are bad for kids, and it's, you know, we're going to have a, a five-minute scene where we literally give the kids crack. Mm. And we're going to actually make the, the, the actors, the 10-year-old actors, do crack on film. That's crazy. You, yeah. would, you, would, you wouldn't have them actually do it. No. That's what they did. How do we end up talking about this? What, oh, we're talking about Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, like, we're, we're talking, talking about polls about, and stuff. We're well, about, since we're talking <laughs> about big corporate oh, America right. for a second. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mentioned the Netflix guy and uh, getting yeah. fired for the N-word stuff. Well, let's talk about the dichotomy, how leftists are always talking about big corporate America and how they, you know, dislike Walmart and 
uh, Amazon and all that stuff, and they want to support small businesses. Yet with COVID, we've mm. seen that these big businesses are rewarded while all the ma and pas are shut down. Well, the left has been criticizing that, but they've been criticizing it wrong. So they're saying things like, it is wrong that Amazon profited X billion dollars and Jeff Bezos made all this money. It's like, let me stop you right there. You're half right. I, I think it is wrong that these big box stores were given carte blanche by the local governments and the mom and pops were all shut down. Mm -hmm. However, when, when they talk about the money made by the billionaires, because like Bernie Sanders is playing this game, they're talking about stock value because of the lockdowns. So if you own stock in Amazon, there's no stores. So stock value for Amazon went up because they're like, well, everyone's going to be buying through Amazon now because you can't go anywhere else. So your stock value goes up. So all these billionaires ended up seeing their net worth increase, but they didn't actually get cash for it. But Bernie and the left use, as, use that as an excuse to say, we need a wealth tax. Charge them cash for the value of something that we've assigned. It makes no sense. The wealth tax is just the most ridiculous, absurd garbage. Like I could give you a, there's a nine volt battery right there. I can hand it to you and say, I hereby deem that nine volt battery worth $1 billion. Now, according to the wealth tax, you've got to pay, you know, 1% or something. You're like, I don't have any money. You just handed me a battery. Yeah. So it's like someone gives you a painting. Now your wealth is this high. You owe a tax on it. Otherwise, what, they seize it or something? Hmm. That whole thing doesn't make sense. But anyway, yeah, it, it, I, I do think it's, it's messed up. Mostly these Democrat governors did this. And then you see what happened in Michigan, where the Supreme Court of Michigan ruled the lockdown was unconstitutional. Yep. And Gretchen Whitmer said, I don't care. I'm yep. going to enforce them anyway. And she's like, we're their, their ruling won't take effect for 21 days. And then after that, we're going to find alternative means for maintaining the lockdown. Wow. When you have an ex and when people were challenging her authority, there was like petitions going around for like a, a, a recalling her power. Mm -hmm. She said, don't take my powers from me. I need them. Like anybody who <laughs> says really that, say that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. She said, don't take the powers from me. I need it to keep us safe. Mm. And that's that. You know what I would do? Like if I if I had like the, the power if anyone ever came to me and said, no, I must have the power. I'm the, okay, you're gone. That, that We're taking that from you right now. You know, we want leaders who are like, I do not want this power. I accept it reluctantly and I will return it as, as soon as the crisis has ended. Well, or just the fact that she's saying, I need it to protect you. Mm. She's basically saying that she is the authority over you and that you don't know best how to take care of yourself and your family. She knows best. That sounds like the Democrats. It's driving me crazy how just the power structure that one governor can decide for all of us how when we get to go outside or well, I mean, not quite that extreme at this point in the United States. Um, there were sacrifice the young for the yeah, old where world. we can go, what we have to wear when mm -hmm. we go there. It's, it's crazy that one person has that kind of say. It's it's not right. It, it should be bottom up. It's supposed to be. The problem is that we have emergency powers for a reason. It's, you know, it's a pandemic and we're worried about people dying. At the time when all this was starting, it made sense. 15 days to slow, slow the spread. I mean, there were videos out of China where people were just like falling over in the street. People thought we were, it was like Sean, you ever see Sean of the Dead? Mm -hmm. So like in the beginning, he's on the bus and then he sees like someone fall over. Like it was like, whoa, man, these people are just like watching people collapse in the street. We better take this seriously. 15 days to slow the spread. Mm. Are we on now like 270 or something? I don't even mm. know. It's can, been like, can we strip their power? That's what, they, that's what they're trying to do. Vote them out. Yeah. But you then have the a next, this November. The next person that comes in is still going to have access to that power. So you just, you just sue the, the government? Abolish the government? government? Well, or strip it or, or alter it <laughs> drastically. Well, yeah, we, we temporarily, need, maybe. I mean, I don't think she's supposed to be able to do these things anyway. One of the problems we have is that over time, people find loopholes. They argue, oh, but the language means this. And then you end up with weird, broken systems. You know, 
And that's where we're at right now. With that, with a lot of things. Didn't Thomas Jefferson say, Thomas Jefferson say something about purging government every couple hundred years or something like that? Cause like it grows. Sounds good. I mean, all I know is look, this is the consent of the governed, right? We're consenting to everything that's being thrown our way. I mean, people are going along with it. When are people going to finally rebel? I mean, it's going to yeah. have to come from the people like Iran, where the women are taking off their headscarves yeah. and they're putting them on sticks and they're rebelling against the Ayatollah. But it needs to come from the people. There's two big problems. Antifa is rebelling. Black Lives Matter is rebelling. They're, they're, they're fighting for what they believe in. Conservatives aren't. The other problem is, what have we seen consistently? I mean, the McCloskeys just did a press conference earlier. They got charged with felonies. I believe it was a felony charge. I'm not sure how many. Because people were breaking onto private property and they pulled out their guns. Felony charges. The people who broke onto the property, charges dropped. So you have police who know the conservatives will comply. If someone mm-hmm. says arrest them, it's easy. No problem. Dealing with a mob. Ooh, that's, that's rough. So we had that guy in Milwaukee. They, they were outside of his house for hours, screaming and shining lights in his window. They, 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 a mob of people in this area had previously set fire multiple times to someone's home, nearly destroying it. So here's the guy in his house, and he sees this. So he shows off his, his gun, and he shows a shotgun, and he like points it at the window. The cops immediately ran in and arrested him. You know why? Because it's easier to arrest the guy in his own home than it is to deal with the mob. Well, and nobody was supporting him. Look, we could learn a lot from the Democrats. Uh, an organized minority is louder than a silent majority. They win the culture yep. war because they're outspoken. And we're going to continue as conservatives to lose over and over until we finally come out like the Democrats. But it's, it's, and I'm not saying Antifa. I'm saying like the Democrats. It's not even conservatives, though. I'm not conservative. Moderate left leaning for the most part. Oh, yeah. Liberal. It's it's. I can't, I can't imagine what I don't, what I don't really don't get about the progressives, notably like the intercept anti-war progressives is that they hate Trump so much. Everything they seem to have fought for over the past decade opposing the Middle Eastern wars, they don't care about it. No, they don't care. That's the weirdest thing to me. It's like, uh, you've been writing about how war is bad for a decade. Don't you think you should take the win with Trump instead of supporting Joe Biden, who's going to be like really bad and make more war? They don't they, they, they don't care. Or look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was against the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which on day three of becoming president, President Trump signed an order stopping TPP, by yep. the way, day three. That's it that me. was huge. And uh, he also said he would renegotiate NAFTA, which he did, giving us the United States, Mexico, Canada agreement. So these are policies ending endless wars and better trade deals that the Bernie Sanders crowd would agree with. And that is uh, simply going over the heads. Not everybody. It, I was the Bernie Sanders crowd, and I was so against the TPP. I mean, it's hmm. just terrifying. And then Trump stomped on it. That's the it. reason yeah. I'm. Well, that's the reason I'm voting. That's the main reason that I'm voting for him. Wow. Or that I. Yeah. That awesome. People, people don't realize how crazy TPP was. I remember during Occupy, people were freaking out about it. Mm. So when Bernie came and started rising, this is what I really don't understand. Bernie had this massive surge of grassroots support. But a lot of his policies were similar to Trump's. Go back and look at the news from the 2015-16 cycle. And there are a ton of stories where it's like where Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump overlap. Because Bernie was like pro-working class, Mm -hmm. anti-illegal immigration, anti-free trade. He absolutely was. Yes, he was. Go back and look. He said open borders is a Koch brothers proposal. One. In 2015 on a Vox.com interview. And he said that illegal immigration is hurting the working class. He did, he did uh, uh, an event, hmm. and I think it was in 2018, where he said, 
Someone asked him, should we allow more refugees to come in this country? And he said, heavens, no, we can't allow all these poor people to come in. There's, there would be too many people. And then what happened with Bernie was he became a millionaire. All of a sudden now, oh, three ounces. Four, I think, isn't it? Four. Oh, wow. Maybe he's it's three. gone up. Yeah, he's gone up. <laughs> so, you know, he stopped saying millionaire, right? Oh, uh, no, no, no. I love that. I love it. He used to say, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm serious. He used to say the millionaires and billionaires. Now, since he became a billionaire, I mean, millionaire, millionaire it's just billionaire. Yeah, it's great. I <laughs> eat it up every day. Listen. You can look, and there were very specific policies that Bernie and Trump support at the same time. Yeah. One of which was true. Bernie um, Bernie was asked uh, during the primaries, I think it was 2015 or so, maybe it was 2016, he was asked about gun control, and he said it's an urban versus rural issue. He was right. People who live in big cities, they've got police a minute away. They're, they don't understand why you, there should be guns everywhere, because when you have too many people around, they're like, oh, there's gun violence, it's a problem. In rural areas, there's no cops. So you need to be able to protect yourself. There's no one you can call. So you have these two different worldviews. Bernie pointed out. I said, wow, that's really cool of Bernie like to that, point that yeah. out. But man, he sold out the moment, the moment the DNC, whatever this mm-hmm. was, he immediately was like, I remember when he was on stage and he said, if you're white, you don't know what it's like to be poor. And I was like, oh, there it is. He's gone. I, I should have figured. I couldn't believe he said it. I was like, wow. wow. But I'll tell you what, man, I was in Anaheim and there was a, I think it was a Trump rally. And there were three dudes outside that were Trump supporters, an old guy and two younger guys. And there were a bunch of crazy anti-Trump people who were screaming. I talked to these three guys and I said, why are you supporting Trump? And these three guys actually said, actually, we were for Bernie until Hmm. Hillary stole it. And the reason was they felt Bernie actually cared about the unions and the working class Hmm. and was going to help them out. They thought Trump was okay because he talked about similar things, but Trump wasn't a politician. So they felt Bernie would know how to navigate the system better. Hillary Clinton then stole it. So their only choice was Donald Trump. Hmm. And Donald Trump got rid of the TPP, which was freaking a lot of these people out. What people don't realize, man, is how scary the TPP was for like a middle-aged white working class guy in the middle of the country. Hmm. Because what they were saying was, remember I used to have a factory here? And then it got like shut down and they moved to other countries. We're, uh, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden were promising to do that tenfold with the TPP. Hmm. They were going to send a whole bunch more factories and our jobs to China. So you had these people in these small towns that were like, my life has been destroyed by this, by these free trade agreements. And you had Bernie and Trump saying TPP is bad. Then Bernie goes out and sells out to the Democrats and they're like, got to vote for Trump. Day three, you said Trump gets rid of the TPP. I remember this, a video of this like middle aged white dude crying, saying that Trump saved his 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 town, Hmm. that his factory was staying. He was making money again. He got his job back. Now he was saving again. He was worried that his kids were going to go homeless and Donald Trump saved his life. That's what they completely ignore that. When you look at what Barack Obama was doing, it was a slow erosion of our, our, our jobs. Now I love this CNN fact check. This guy is like under Donald Trump. We've lost, you know, 157,000 jobs, not telling everyone it's actually COVID. And we actually gained like hundreds of thousands or millions of jobs under Trump until COVID hit. And then the governors shut the jobs down. Yeah. They blame they blame Trump for this. So, yeah. When they should be blaming COVID. I mean, that's the excuse. The Democrats shut it down and then say, this is Trump's fault. It's like it reminds me of that meme where the guy shoves the stick in the spokes of his own bike and crashes. Mm-hmm. Like, like Governor Cuomo sends sick patients in nursing homes. Why did Donald Trump kill all these people? Actually, a bunch of governors in the Northeast did that. Like, it's messed up, dude. It's the meme where he shoots him. 
And he's like, why would fill in the blanks? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The meme. Why would mm. they do that? Yeah. So, uh, so now what? I want to see Bernie and Trump hold hands. No, you Bernie's Bernie will, will, You think Bernie will work with Trump? No. He's got TDS, no. like a maniac. It's crazy. I just think it's funny how <laughs> Governor Isley, and we talked about this earlier, about there's a way to be kind, but still get your point across to the Democrats and kind of, you know, rub salt in the wound a little bit. I think it was Governor Isley who said something like, because Boeing just left for yeah. South Carolina yes. or North Carolina. Yeah. And he said, <laughs> I want to make it clear that the next Boeing planes will be built here in Washington or Oregon or wherever they are. So I replied in a tweet and I said, well, that's going to be hard considering that your party wants the Green New Deal, which wants to ban planes. And it was just funny because he's the governor and it's got like 6,000 likes and mine was already <laughs> at like 5,000 within like an hour. So farting cows too. Don't forget. Yeah, their their idea. They just don't have great ideas. They're children. It's 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 like we talked about this. It's like a child being told. You, you go to a seven seven year old and you're like, can you come up with a way to solve climate change? And they write down, I think that we should make planes illegal because planes make carbon and cows when they fart they make climate change. So cows should be banned too. And then you're like, okay, submit it for 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 to the house floor. Are you are you nuts? That isn't so, that's I, literally what happened. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, well, but no one voted for it. They, none of, they all refused to vote on it. It's embarrassing. For now, it was not even. It was, it was like a non-binding resolution, and they all abstained or whatever. Like you can't even vote for your own bill. You people are full of it, liars. What I'm noticing is, like you were saying, the power, the of structure of politics today is so different because someone like. A YouTube video blogger or someone like you with like just massive influence and like no has more influence than the governor, a governor. And so the ability to mobilize people, like if we wanted to do something and alter the course of the United States, it's within our reach. I am, oh I, I am, I am outraged about the, the, the trash in on my property that's, you know, shouldn't be there. So I'm going to, I'm going to mobilize an activist pro Trump thing to come clean up the garbage at my house. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we got a lot of boxes. Yeah. You want to, it'll help out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's so within our reach. I mean, look, I was a dog walker. I had no career path. I had no trajectory. Now I've got, you know, over 700,000 followers. People listen to me, which I'm very thankful for. I've registered thousands of voters. I've gotten people active in our constitutional republic. And I'm one guy. Imagine if all 300 million Americans did their part. We could transform this country for the better. But where we fail is look at 2016 120 million people didn't vote did, did, 120 million people did, did you say 7,000 followers 700,000 700,000 followers i was like i'm pretty sure you've got i, I, I thought you said 7,000 i was like no you've got like almost a million followers i was being, I was being conservative <laughs> yeah. okay yeah i'm trying to stay humble at least 7,000 so is yeah. mobilizing people to vote is well, it key, is a step forward. What do you think? Or just to do something. I mean, just to be an active participant. You know, when President Obama was reelected in 2012, I created my Twitter account that night that he was reelected. And it wasn't because I was mad at President Obama. I was really mad at myself. I pointed the finger back at me and I said, what did you do to affect the outcome of the election? Where were you soliciting mm -hmm. donations? Where were you knocking on doors and registering voters? And I said, okay, I'm going to make a change. Started volunteering, fell in love with it, moved to Texas. The rest is history. But I was inspired to take action, and I followed through. Yeah, you're dangerous for them. You know why? 
what you do is a net positive. Why would like anyone who tries to go after smearing a dude who's helping clean up trash and your register voters? That's going to look really bad. And that <laughs> Baltimore Sun article looks really bad. Yeah, it's it's it. Look, if somebody is trying to help Trump's appearances so they clean up trash, it's that's you don't criticize someone helping the community or poor communities. I have a good friend named Zena Radner who was in Peru cleaning up the trash. She went down hmm. there and saw the the river in Belen, which is in oh. Iquitos, would would rise every year. It rises and falls, and all the trash. Uh, the city of Iquitos was not funding any kind of cleanup, and it would just just clog the entire Itaya River. So she mm. went down there and she saw that and she mobilized the people to start cleaning the trash and they would get bags and bags, but she didn't have money. So I sent her a little bit of Bitcoin money and went down there and it was That's cool. Then we decided like, what do we do with the trash? And that was when I thought about the mushrooms and how you can break down plastic with certain types of mushrooms hmm. and turn it into sugar. Uh, so the, the value the, of trash starts to take on a new meaning, which is so the, the, trash the, equals sugar. Yeah, it can. So the gist of what Ian is saying <laughs> is from this work, you can find an actual viable business, right? So if you just start doing something, be it cleaning up trash, I mean, if you created, and I'm not saying that you would do this, but imagine if you've actually created a group of people who are really interested in cleaning up trash, you have a, you have a trash cleaning business where you can do the politically active stuff of helping communities, donating your time, and then actually just cleaning up trash and making a business out of it. Again, not that I'm saying you would. But one of the other reasons I, I was going to say that, that you're dangerous for them is that you're showing people you can just get up and choose to do a thing. That's it. <laughs> I so, did a thing. <laughs> no, but, uh, ima imagine if somebody was like, wow, this guy mobilized a bunch of people to clean up trash. I'm going to start a trash cleaning business and then put out ads and said, we can haul your trash for you. And then you got a company. Now you're, now you're making your own money. You got no boss. They don't want people to be free. They want people to feel constrained and like they need the system. It's almost like I, I, I tweeted this video from V for Vendetta. I want them to know why they need us. Hmm. Do they? Do people really need them that much? I think government serves a purpose. I think it's an important purpose, but it's not nearly as, as important as the Democrats and many Republicans want you to think it is. They want you to be desperate for their help. Mm -hmm especially in places like Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So you're, it's a real problem when you come and clean it up because now what are they going to complain about? Yeah. You need us to solve these problems. Well, you're not solving them. This dude just showed up and did it. Well, he's a, a Trump supporter. One of the ways you can you make the sugar, you, you get the, um, the plastic and you grind it up into little pellets and run it on a conveyor belt under like a aqueous solution. And then you spray the fungal spores onto it, the pestiolopsis microspore. Oh. And after a week, it breaks the pellets down into sugar. Oh, I would love to see someone build like a sorting mechanism company and take the recovered trash and then turn it into garage? sugar. We'll remove the fungal it. spores from the sugar. And then you're going to see Scott Pressler as North America's biggest distributor of sugar. That's going to be awesome. Trash biggest. sugar. Trash sugar. And then, trash sugar. And then people are going to be like, <laughs> I like love it. You, you know, how people like drinking Mexican Coke because it's got real sugar in it. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes in the bottles. They're going to be like, dude, are you drinking that Scott Pressler Coke? It's got garbage sugar and it's the best. <laughs> there is a coffee that comes from the excrement of a very rare kind of weasel in South oh. America. And it is oh. the most expensive coffee in the world. And I'm just saying, mm. trash oh, sugar. Oh, yeah. Could they be crap out the at. coffee beans. Yes. Yeah. They eat it and then crap it out. And it's like, now it's better for oh. some reason. Oh. Disgusting. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass. I'm, I'm fine with that. my Folgers. Mm. Actually, okay. Folgers, not, you know, not, not, not to rag on Folgers. Trash sugar. But, you know. Come on. A nice you, know, you gotta get that something. trade fair coffee because otherwise it's made by like slave labor. Yeah, like yeah, twelve mm. year olds in, in West Africa getting whipped with 
you know, carrying these huge buckets of coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's Trade one thing fair. we can look forward to with the Biden administration is probably more slavery in the world, you know, <sighs> thanks really? to his mask his, mandates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, literal, like Barack Obama's administration disrupting Libya and bringing back oh, yeah. the slave trade. Taking down Gaddafi, opening up a slave trade that nobody's talking about. Uh-huh. Thank, Thank you, you Hillary Clinton yeah. and yeah. Joe Biden. <laughs> Dude, Hillary, you know, Osprey Global Solutions is a company that her friend Sidney Blumenthal wanted to run guns into Libya with. Mm. And so Hillary just like did it for him. She's like, oh, yeah, Sydney, you want sure, a gun running company in Libya? Oh, Barack, let's invade Libya. We came, we saw he died. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that music video. Oh, yeah. The remix one. We came, yep. we saw he died. Man, that's scary, dude. That attitude of these people. And Joe Biden, I, man, bringing that administration back is scary. He wouldn't be in control. Oh, he'd be sleeping. They're pulling the strings with him. They're telling him, sign here, dot there, do this. He wouldn't be president of the United States. That would be a Harris administration, which I think is honestly 100 times more scary. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, how about we go to Super Chats, everybody? So uh, before we do, make sure all of you smash the like button if you'd like to help out the channel. It really does help us out. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. The show uh, the show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. But uh, Scott, what's your? you mentioned your Twitter handle already, right? Or do you want to mention it? Yes, my Twitter handle is at Scott Pressler, S-C-O-T-T-P-R-E-S-L-E-R. And I'm also on Facebook, Parler, and Instagram. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Do you have like a website or some kind of thing um, you're doing? ScottPressler.org. Uh, just I'm, I'm never on there. You know, I'm spending the entire month of October in PA. So if you're in PA and you're in Doylestown, Philly, Allentown, State College, Erie, Scranton, Slippery Rock, or Pittsburgh, then come say hi. Right on. We got a, uh, a super chat for you, buddy. Taylor Segel says, saw Scott at Unsilent March this weekend. Must say you are the perfect way to kick off the rally. Have you started a nonprofit for your movement? Would love to start a chapter in Georgia. Would love hmm. to chat if you have time in your busy schedule. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, I was uh, at Brandon's walkaway on Silent March on DC, and he put me first. I mean, that was an honor in itself. So I had to fire up the crowd. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't started a non-for-profit. I haven't started a 501c3. And honestly, I just haven't had time. I'm going to kind of weigh my options and look in the future. I had a couple people that reached out to me, uh, potential publishers that wanted to talk about a book deal. And so, like I said, after November's over and the election is done, I'll sleep for five months and then I'll consider, you know, where do I move forward? Do I go into the trash sugar business? Do I write <laughs> yes. a book? <laughs> uh, I'm going to kind of keep my options open, but, you know, slide into my DMs. I may not uh, message back right away since we're only uh, a month out. I think your name was Taylor, but no, I'd ha- be happy to talk about yep. because I've got connections all over the state of Georgia. Man, people love you. Colby says, shout out to Scott from Baltimore. I'm glad you're on Timcast. Love oh. you all. All aboard the Trump train. There you go. Choo-choo. Are you registered to vote at your current address? <laughs> yes. <laughs> vote. Vote, yes. Vote, so, vote, vote. Uh, I don't care. Look, I'm just going to say this as neutrally as possible. I don't care who you vote for, but just tell your friends. Get everybody to go vote. Bring three of your friends to get registered and then just make sure everybody votes. And voter registration is cutting out. Like yesterday was the last day for Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, and Texas. Now, Florida was extended till today at 7 p.m. And Arizona is extended till the 23rd of October. But just make sure that you're following closely because everybody messages me last minute freaking out. So register to vote now. Yes. Missing Link Media says, you're a hero, man. Anybody, oh. anybody willing to do the dirty work is my kind of person. Sorry about the soy Jesus stuff. <laughs> oh, I think that's, that, that one's for Adam. Oh. All right, let's see. S- Steven Velasquez says, The education system in this country appears to teach irrational problems, not rational solutions, which then institutionalize grievance without end. 
No, that's good. Fails are us says, hey, Scott, as a fellow Fairfax resident, do you agree with how garbage our local government is? Very <laughs> anti 2A and in the pockets of developers. Too many people. Oh, absolutely. Um, this is why we need to take it over. Not only governorship. Guys, what's important, especially dealing with COVID, you need to understand, sheriff, city council, mm -hmm. school board, mayor, DS. vote locally, not just federally, not just state, vote locally. That's where all the power is. I have a question. Why did Joe Biden choose 30330, right? I don't know. For well, what? It's his, it's his text thing, and he's like, if you want to support Joe Biden, text 30330. <laughs> it's easy for him to remember. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the right number. 30330? Yeah. I think it is. So we have a super chat. No, no, I'm, I'm just joking. Like, he couldn't have remembered <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Let's look, look at this. Cryptophene says, divide 2020 by 666, and it equals the Biden-Harris campaign text number. Uh-oh. I, I, I checked. It actually does. It's really weird. It's like 303.30 hmm. or whatever. I don't know. It it's just funny. That's why but I brought it up. Three is also like a good Jesus number, that's too. That's true. Yeah. That's very, yeah. And that's three threes. Trinity. You yeah. know, I, I think yeah. we are patterns, you know, living themselves Simulation. out in a three dimensional universe. 666, six, six, man. I don't what? know. Ain't got time. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Ain't got time. Sydney Jr. Cooley says, Scott, great to see you, brother. Tim, this guy is an is effing amazing human being. Is an effing amazing human being. Thank stay, you. Stay safe, both of you. Sending good vibes. Thank you. All right. So nice. People seem to really like this they guy. Do. Huh? M. Lewis says, Yan Yanmi Park, human rights activist, former Chinese, is that slave? And North Korean yeah. refugees got beaten and robbed in Chicago. Mm. They call her racist because she complained. You might be interested in her. Wow. I'll that's look her up. that's horrible. Let's see. Christian Hawley says. Have any of y'all read Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged? I see many of the arguments and events at the beginning of the book are currently coming to pass, and it scares me for the future with a Dem-controlled federal government. You, you've not read it? I haven't. I haven't read it, but I watched this like long three-part film hmm. that was like kind of weird because it always had different actors for each segment. But I do think it's funny that like Boeing is leaving uh, Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Washington. Tesla's leaving California. Joe Rogan's leaving California. Mm -hmm. And it's like... The industrious people are fleeing these regulated areas. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But just we need to question those people. If you're leaving California for Texas, why are you fleeing? Yes. Are you fleeing the water tax? Are you fleeing the high gas prices? Are you fleeing the obtrusive government? Then don't vote the way that you voted in California. We need to be more overt in talking to these people. Amen. Yeah, otherwise they're going to bring those policies with Thank them. Thank you. There's a really funny uh, comic someone made of Joe Rogan with a suitcase full of money and like money popping out. Oh. And he's walking away from California, which is like on in fire, and he's <laughs> heading towards Texas. And then there's a Texas guy like, hey, why don't you leave that stuff where, where it came? And he's like carrying a, a bag that says <laughs> liberal policies or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. We got a super chat here just, uh, that just says, good job, Scott. Thank you. Faith Thank Mara you. says, Scott, loved your speech in D.C. on Saturday. Tim and crew, oh. you've convinced me and two of my centrist friends to Woo. vote for Trump. Keep up the great work. Yes. I mean, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. I'm just telling you what I want to do. Yeah. I'll tell you why I want to do it. I oh, think, I this think was all worth it. Yes, Victory. Well, I think it's really interesting that Ian said you, you're, you're voting for <laughs> yeah, Trump. Yeah, in the early days, I was just not. I mean, I, I like saw Biden losing his mind early on, but I never had considered voting for Trump. I was like, Wait. unfortunately, can't vote for Biden, can't vote. What happened in 2016? I, did, I voted for Jill Stein. 
stop. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I felt. Like, what did I even do? Why did, did I waste my... But no, I gave the Green Party a chance to get more funding, I guess. But Wait, so what was your mentality when Jill Stein started doing all the recounts in Miss, um, Michigan, not, Wisconsin, it, Pennsylvania, who so were like, like oh my gosh. I mean, I, I support her do, trying to go through the motions, but it just felt like wasted effort. There's the whole, the <laughs> fact that we're a two-party, this obsession is a problem for me. I love, yeah. I mean, party politics drives me insane, but I didn't like Trump's personality, couldn't stand Hillary, so mm. I just voted for someone that I liked. Wow. Oh, this a is a lot of this time on policy. There was, there, was, there was the nuclear bomb vote that Michael Moore described. That it was the 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 big the, the loudest fu in history of, mm. the, of the history of the world. There were a lot of people who probably, and I'm not saying most or the majority. I'm just saying there's a lot of people who are probably like, I don't care. Trump is attacking the establishment. Donald Trump, and I think there's going to be a lot more of those people. Oh, hello. Oh, the cat just came. <laughs> I just felt something brushing up against my legs. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I start walking over. Let's see. Um, what do we got here? Odysseus Horse says, Tucker is interviewing that Chinese scientist again. What if she's telling the truth and the October surprise is the intelligence community dumping, dumping documents proving that what she was saying about China is true? Ooh. Did you guys hear about what Tucker was, was talking about? No. This whistleblower claiming that COVID was manufactured or something. He's getting flagged oh, yeah. for it for fake news, even though it's like he has a scientist from China. I no. mean, look, I don't put anything past our government. Look at how the DOJ, FBI, CIA, IRS were all used as a weapon against private citizens. I don't put anything past the government, even oh, yeah. under an administration controlled by Republicans right now, because we clearly don't have all the power. And I'm just hoping that there is an October surprise on the way because they only have fewer than 30 days left. So if you're going to do something, Bill Barr and Durham, then you better do it swiftly I'm and quickly. I'm not, I'm not a fan of like anyone using these kinds of tricks or tactics. It's like, oh, it's October. We're um, well, we got the election. Let's drop some bombshell. And, I'm, a, you know. I'm a fan of winning. I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm here to win. This is yeah. we reelect Donald Trump and we save our country or Joe Biden wins and there's no going back. So I will do whatever it takes legally within my power to win. I mean that whatever it takes. Yeah, I hear you. Shimano Prime says, Scott, thank you for the work you did. I was very uncertain of voting for Trump, but uh, then but also could not let Hillary win. And I did not think he would win. Now, very excited to vote Trump 2020. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please register to vote. Fee Duong says, on a local level, I am in Northern Virginia and concerned oh. about creeping gun control from the Dems. Mm -hmm. With the chaos of this year, do you think there will be a change back to how Second Amendment friendly Virginia used to be? Well, it starts with us. Um, I believe in 2019, when Democrats took control of the state assembly, the state Senate, and they have the governorship. So they have all three branches of the government in Virginia. We allowed that to happen. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but fact check me, but I believe only 40% of voters voted in 2019. So if you really want to make a difference, then after we vote this November, Virginia votes every single year. Wow. So we're going to have, uh, I believe state assembly up in 2021. So make a plan to vote, get active and involved. You know what? If nobody is running in a seat, then you need to run because there were 25% of seats that were uncontested by Republicans, meaning that Democrats walked into reelection or walked into their seats without a fight. Wow. And we need to fight and not concede any race.
My goodness. I know. That's not right. Fact check me. That one guy on Super Chat says, my wife, all five of my in-laws and myself will be voting for the first time ever and it's going to be for Trump. Oh, yes. We are secret voters. Now we aren't. God bless America and its allies. Latinos for Trump. Californians for Trump. Oh, do you know Trump only needs 3% of the Latino vote and 5% of the black vote? I think. No, no, no. I think it's the other way around. 5% of the Latino vote and 3% of the black vote and he wins. Wow. So based on 2016's numbers, if he can increase his support from the black voters and the Hispanic voters, it's done. That's why I'm kind of like all the forecasting, all the polls don't matter because we've seen in some of the polls that Trump's between like 15 and 30 percent among uh, black voters. So if he only gets three or yeah, three percent, I think he's going to get it. I mean, I think the left doesn't want to admit it, but Kanye has got influence. You know, well, we're in a totally different situation. I mean, we were outraised, outspent. We didn't have offices. We didn't have structure. We didn't have the power of the presidency. Now we have the incumbency. We have over a billion dollars. We have uh, Bill Stapien. We have all of these great data people. We have offices for Black Voices for Trump in North Carolina, Milwaukee, Detroit. We didn't have any of that infrastructure in 2016, and we still won. I think we're much better prepared this time around. I think we have these polls. If Trump wins in the face of these polls, where they're at now, then the media will have lost all what, credibility. Well, well I'm sorry. Well, they've lost all of it for all you know. <laughs> It's been gone for a while, but I'll tell you this right now, man. CNN clearly still has a left-wing audience. I mean, their ratings are through the roof. People, everyone's talking about Tucker Carlson getting 5 million, you know, averaging 5 million or whatever. It's insane. These, these ridiculously high ratings. CNN's been getting three. MSNBC's been getting four. I'll tell you what, man. If Trump wins again, then what's left of the mainstream media will be gone because they'll even lose the left. Who are going to be like, you lied again. You mm. kept saying it over and over and you were wrong every single time. It was all lies. I mean, maybe their TDS will take over and then CNN will just lull them back to sleep. I, I thought know. the Russiagate thing was like a stake in the heart for the media, the left-wing media. For a lot of people. Yeah, that probably, that, that helped Trump so much. He raised so much money off of that when they, when he was exonerated, essentially exonerated. I know mm. it's political drama, the Kavanaugh effect. I mean, this is maybe the October surprise is Amy Coney Barrett. Just you wait until they do they do these hearings. This I wonder if the Republicans have set this up cleanly. Now I don't want to play too much 4D chess, you know, game here. Think about this: all these Republicans all of a sudden are getting COVID. It's like crazy. Like how's that happening, right? Now the Democrats are saying, "Aha, we should shut down the Amy Coney Barrett thing." The Democrats were warning they can't go after Amy Coney Barrett because of the Kavanaugh effect, and Republicans were like, "Oh yeah." If they come after her, this, you know, this, this mother, this accomplished woman, it's going to backfire. Mm-hmm. What if the COVID thing now results in this hearing where the Democrats are outraged and attack Amy Coney Barrett because she shouldn't have been doing the hearing and it's not, it's not right. You could be sick. How dare you come and they end up attacking her? The October surprise could very well just be the Democrats unable to control themselves when they attack Amy Coney Barrett. It's I hope so. And I hope they, uh, well, actually, I don't hope they do this, but it's probably going to come down to that they attack her religion and Christianity. Yep. And if they do that, then in 2017, we're going to have a repeat because in Wisconsin, we won a statewide Supreme Court justice seat that we weren't supposed to win. 
but they attacked his Christianity. And the Christians came out to vote in Wisconsin in an off-year election, and we won that seat. So, you know, for every reaction, there's an equal yet opposite reaction. They're already doing it. Yeah. It's because they can't control their activists. Well, and it will be perfect, because think of this. Tomorrow, we're going to see Kamala versus Joe—I mean, excuse me, versus Mike Pence— and what a perfect setup. And I hope that Mike Pence, if I were him, if I were a strategist telling him what to debate on, I'd bring up Kavanaugh like a gosh darn egg timer oh, yeah. over and over and over. And I'd bring up Christianity, too, because he's like the spokesperson, right? Well, don't, don't forget, she solicited funds to bail out riders. Mm, true. So you need that suburban vote. And true. these like there's been there's I look, it's very obvious the media, the media is just the arm of the Democratic Party. True. They're, they, they're not going to call out Biden for this stuff. Trump, why won't you denounce white supremacy? Well, you've asked him 50 times. Why won't you ask Biden one time to denounce Antifa? I have so much love for people that are hardcore Democrats, liberal, don't like Trump, but they will not vote for Biden and they'll vote for Trump because of how demented Biden is. <laughs> I have so much love sense. for people that have that kind of clarity and willingness too. to override their emotions. Yeah. yeah. God bless we got, them. We got, we got a couple of good super chats here. Check this out. Joe Freshley says, I'm leaving for the Marine, for, uh, Marine Corps boot camp on Monday from uh, C- Cranberry, PA. We'll be back in January. Do you think things will be mostly normal by then in terms of COVID? Also, would love to see John Doyle on the show. Will things be back to normal by January? Um, well, number one, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. And I believe Cranberry Township is actually in Pennsylvania. So what I'd like you to do is please immediately um, v- Order your absentee ballot because we need your vote in Pennsylvania. Please don't let this go by the wayside. And uh, and I hate to say it, but no, I think, unfortunately, these masks are going to be with us for a little while. I think that we're going to be wearing these masks into 2021 as long as businesses are open. We got another one. Matthew Lincoln says, Tim and Pals, I love what y'all are doing. I fly off to Navy boot camp tomorrow Whoa. morning. Wish oh me gosh. luck. What Good the luck, heck? man. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Stay go. safe. Have a nice flight. Willie DeGoat, Latinos for Trump. 503 Woo-hoo! supports Trump. Woo-hoo! Latinos para Trump. Yes. There you go. Let's see. What do we got here? Alex Evans says Trump is on a Twitter rampage. He is. Oh, yes. is he he's, right he's, now? He's, what's yeah. right now? What's yep, he tweeting? He is. He's tweeting. He's like <sighs> retweeting a bunch of stuff from uh, people who are like Obama knew everything. So I'm curious if an up October surprise is oh. coming. Well, I think it's... Fair to say that Trump is feeling better. He is feeling a lot better. Good. A little too good. The number of retweets shows how good he's feeling. It's true. Yeah, it's directly proportional. <laughs> I love how this uh, Walt- <laughs> there was this Walter Reed doctor who was like, Trump's clearly sick. And then he tweets he has another tweet where he's like, judging by the amount of tweets Trump has put out, he must be. It's like, dude, his tweets indicate his heart rate. Oh, I love it. What? Oh, these people. Yes. <laughs> I can't. All right, let's see. Uh, Spork Witch says, we simp for Bucko. Yes. Well, it's actually Betsy who's here. I don't know if Bucko's oh, not here. Oh, yeah, Betsy. yeah. It's Did we the get black and camera? white cat. Yeah, we don't have a cat cam. I'm sorry. Oh, She's over there cleaning I wonder herself. if we can get like a small remote cam and just like yes, put it on. Yes, to follow them around. Yes. GoPro on their heads. <laughs> like, where are they at now in the house? <laughs> that would be awesome. Justin says, thanks for bringing intelligent discussion. Justice Department to hold press conference tomorrow on matter of high national security. Mm. What? Mm. We can't say too much. It is but, tomorrow. Well, all I can say <laughs> is I was at the One American News Network studio today in Washington, D.C., and I'm not going to name names, but one of the reporters there told me that they were on the phone with the DOJ and that people are getting locked up. Locked up. 
I'll believe it when I see it. So yeah. I don't listen. I'm going to wait because I wait till there's proof in the pudding. Yep. But this is important that you just said there's going to be a DOJ briefing yes. tomorrow. Yeah, somebody just super chatted that. And I'm curious, based on Trump's Twitter, if that's what's going on, because chat is going wild. We're not ignoring you guys. I promise. Mm. I see the chats, but mm. I see someone yelling like, about Betsy. Oh, like of they want. Can you? You should. Y'all go get her. Should we? <laughs> yeah, we got to bring the kitty into the picture. Oh, she noticed. She's like, "What's he doing?" Oh, Betsy, he's coming. Hello. She's no, so Betsy. Mean. Betsy loves Ian, so that's cool. She's wonderful. Check this out. Paxton Johnson says, "Tim, oh. my whole family and I were Trump haters." We are all now registered Republicans, Stop. proud Trump supporters, and all voting for Trump. So cool. Uh, I'm so excited. Hold, hold on, hold on. Oh, I'm happy. I know a bunch of people voting Biden. I know a bunch of people voting for Trump. Mm. And I know a bunch of people who voted for Hillary who are now voting for Trump. Mm. I don't know a single person who voted for Trump who's going the other direction. Not one. Interesting. Accurate. Yeah, I love and it. And I, I, look, oh, excuse me. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's uh, uh, hard data. It's just my personal experience, whatever that means. I've seen the same thing. And I mean, I'll never forget it. I was in Baltimore doing a voter registration training. This black woman comes. She goes, I voted for Kerry. I voted for Gore. I mm-hmm. voted for President Obama twice. I voted for Hillary Clinton. And this November, I'm voting for Donald Trump. So I mean, this lifelong Democrat from Baltimore flipped. And I mean, I'm seeing that all across Your the Trump country. Is liberal. Oh, here we go. Check this out. Uh, Otto uh, Rommel says declassified evidence of Obama, the DNI. Comey, the FBI deputy AD counterintelligence, CIA and Clinton conspiring to vilify the Trump, uh, the Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming <laughs> interference by the Russian security services. Is that what just, what just came down? I don't hmm. see that on his Twitter, which I am currently checking, even hmm. though my phone's about to die. Um, I know all this Trump stuff's important, but yeah, I have Betsy true. on my lap. Oh, yeah, I just that's wanted true. to say, say hi. No, I'm There's just Betsy. Let's go back to the Trump. Thing. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. And look, so Betsy, said Trump bel- just authorized unredacted Russia docs, all of them. Is this, the, this is, is this the October surprise? Yeah, that's Just what Google I was talking about. Google it. Be. Look it up. Well, and uh, come on, guys. He's going to speak at the second debate. Did you guys see that? He'll be in Miami. He'll be there. Really? Oh, and man. so now he has a position of leverage, I believe, because having experienced COVID, he can come out as having it in a way that Joe Biden can't speak to or speak about. Here we go. Daniel Villarreal says Mexican Latino during the Obama administration. I lived in a border town, mm. lost illegal friends and my friends who were dreamers lost parents. Cages uh, were built. Nobody cared. No celebrities or politicians. Yeah. Trump didn't make those things. I'm not saying Trump's perfect. I'm just saying give Obama the credit he deserves. Sean Ives says regarding the Pooley who was going to boot camp. Oh, it's jumping on me. I do believe the masks will be in effect in the Marine Corps on, uh, most likely until 2022. Always strive to be a good leader and please constantly learn. Right on. uh, Angela Goodwin says, as an immigrant, I say we need ESL for political language. So we who came from communism, able to run in politics and fight for the republic. Interesting. Okay, so this is what Trump's tweeted. This is a Fox News article. So this is all NewsGuard and everything. This was last updated 10 minutes ago. It says Trump authorized declassification of all Russia collusion, Hillary Clinton email probe documents. Quote, I have fully authorized the total declassification with a capital D of any and all (laughs) documents, Trump tweeted. I I think he had a surprise. He felt like he could have died. I think he just went through like a harrowing. What if I died tomorrow and I didn't do this? I don't think so. And now he's doing everything that he wants to get done. I don't think I so. I think so, because this is I big. Don't. And he's like, just th- out of the listen, hospital. Listen, 
all of these stories about the, like that that would require the guy flying the helicopter, the Secret Service agents, the no, doctors he, of the he's hospital. He's a germaphobe. He wasn't about to die. He just thought. Oh, oh, oh! You're what saying if I? Just, yeah. What yeah, if that? I see what you're Timing right. is everything. I think so. Listen. Hillary Clinton messed up. She messed up big because when she released that tape that she did before the election, she actually did it too early. She allowed him to recover and she yeah. allowed him two presidential debates. Had Hillary Clinton two weeks before the election released the tape as opposed to three or four, we may have a different president right now. Yeah. Timing matters. Yeah, man. Let's see. Dave says Trump authorizes declassification of all Russia collusion. Wow. Hillary Clinton email probe documents. This is going to get spicy. And imagine Richard Grinnell. Now that he's no longer the DNI, he can just come out guns blazing on Twitter and he can just say everything that's his opinion. I'm excited. That's going to be fun. Deathstrike Gaming says, I'm voting Jorgensen because, hey, we have had so many years of the left and right messing up things. Why not pick the middle option for once and try it? Because Donald Trump is the middle option who was an insurgent who took over the Republican Party and scared all of the establishment cronies out of the party who ran full speed with the tails between their legs to the Democratic Party and said, well, help, help, we're establishment just like you. And then all of a sudden, Rick Wilson and Jennifer mm -hmm. Rubin were Democrats and they're angry with Trump. And you still get feckless leaders in the Republican Party who are like, I guess I have to support Trump. Otherwise, I'm out of a job and they're not really doing anything. Many of them might. Are, well, actually, this is actually happening. House Republicans are retiring. Or losing primaries because there's a new generation of mm -hmm. people who actually mm -hmm. care wanting to run for office. Trump's not a Republican, at least not a traditional one. He's something totally different. And that's why Trump supporters use the lion as, a, as his symbol. Well, and trying to be as neutral about this as humanly possible. Gary Johnson, I think, was more of a true libertarian than Joe is. Yeah. Uh, I've seen from Joe more pandering to the Black Lives Matter movement and to the left uh, than I have heard just talking about libertarian uh, issues or ideology. It seems, seems like she's just pandering to the left. Yeah. I was reading a super chat, so I'm like... Oh, no, I, I, I want to hear. Right on. I want to hear. Drew Combs says, Tim, why do we feel the two-party system? I watch because I appreciate your views because I tend to be more conservative, but I can't vote for Trump and I will not vote Biden. I'm stuck in between. Trump... Uh, I believe he ran as a third party or he wanted to a long time ago, like reform party or something. Trump is not an establishment Republican. Uh, True. He's he's not an establishment. He's he he was an outsider. Now he's in he's in the White House and you have this gigantic hydra that is the Democratic and media establishment. And it's got Republican heads and Democrat heads and they're snarling. And Trump is this, you know, 74 year old obese knight. It's the best we got. And he's cut off a bunch of their heads let him slay the beast, please. Well, and let's be real for a second. If you despise the two-party system, number one, the only way that you can make changes from within the system. But number two, can we all at least admit that President Trump has made the Republican Party better? We're seeing uh, usually feckless leaders actually step up their game. We're seeing Mitch McConnell fight for Supreme Court justice seats. We're seeing him fight for Ted, judges. Ted Cruz, Where Ted really Cruz became yeah. a beast. Right. He yeah. became a hero. So uh, the Republican Party is being made better because of Donald Trump. I agree. And when I saw Trump's second term agenda, I was like, nine out of 10, good things. There's a few things where I'm like, I don't know, I don't know about that, whatever. But uh, term limit school choice, ending the wars, I'm like, Look, man, Trump didn't come out and say, trust me, vote for me and I'll end the wars because I would have been like, yeah, right.
No, he literally just started doing it. And yeah. it was both dinos and rhinos that were like, we're going to stop Trump from doing it. I'm like, nah, get out of here. That's it. You gave me the perfect reason. You know, Trump said, I just want to get our troops out. And then the, the establishment politicians, most of them in the House were like, nah, we're not going to allow that. Mm. You, had, you had three Democrats, eight Republicans who agreed with Trump on that one. Mm. And so I was like, okay, we need a guy who's going to be like, America shouldn't be doing these things. Because unless they want to justify to the American public why the House voted that way, Republicans and Democrats alike, like, you, you better give me a reason, okay? I'm not saying reveal classified information, but at least be like, they, they could even come out and say, trust me. You know, there's some serious issues that it's classified. We've got hard work to do. And I'd be like, all right, well, let's have a conversation. They didn't even do that. They're just like, no, Trump has no plan. <sighs> Get out of here, man. Y'all are crazy. Mm. Yeah. Project Utopian says they are announcing criminal charges tomorrow. Can it be wow. true? Visit the justice.gov site and be sure to vote. <laughs> wow. I'll see it when I believe it. Wait. I'll see it when I believe it. I, I, I long for the idea that justice still exists. Daniel Benavides says, I know this is a bit of a sidetrack, but the awards that Cuties got the, the, got the head over the organization apparently got arrested for pedo-related charges. Mm. I heard about that. I don't know a lot about it, though. Let's see. Olomessel Omolu says, in Nigeria, my home country, there is something called the NYSC. It is mandatory government service for all graduates. And I believe if you didn't do it, you couldn't run for office. Mm. I could be wrong, though. You mean to tell me that they have service-guaranteed citizenship in Nigeria and we don't even have that here? Guaranteed mm. government employment. Yeah. I don't like the government, necessarily. I don't want to give them that much power. Well, that was what they were saying the other day. It's Starship Troopers. You know that, right? The, the thing about- I haven't seen it. It's uh, service-guaranteed citizen, citizenship, meaning, okay. meaning that if you wanted to vote, you had to provide some service to the community. And apparently, there were uh, people in the chat were telling us service could have been literally anything. So if you were disabled, you'd go to them and say, give me service, and they have to figure out something you could do. So it wasn't always military. But yeah, I, you know, giving the government this like, I don't like government, you know. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, um, I'm more liberal than libertarian, but I think the government is functioning in a really, really broken way right now. It can be made better. Butch Thompson says, first time voter at 34, paid wow. 15K in fines uh, to get my rights back as a felon. I'm excited to cast my first vote for Trump. Long time watcher, keep up the amazing work. Hey, congratulations, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. That really is. Congrats. And let's talk about just briefly how President Trump has helped to reform our criminal justice system. And we need to do a better job. And my one criticism with Republicans is we're the first to criticize Mike Bloomberg for, you know, trying to pay off the fines of felons. But you know what? We should be trying to reach out to that community because if we truly believe in criminal justice reform, then that means no judging. That means moving forward. Every mm -hmm. saint has a past and every sinner has a future and we need to give people a second opportunity at a better chance of life and i think republicans need to lead that charge definitely that's why look we just saw colorado i think pardoned a whole bunch of pot of uh convictions so all these Great. individuals and joe biden's talking about doing something similar i think trump could just one up all of them and we've talked about this uh, a review of course for nonviolent drug offenses yes. and just pardoning all these people at the federal level. Yes. The review, of course, is because some people may have been violent criminals who got a plea bargain or something. But I think Trump should do it. The war on drugs has been a disaster. He, uh, I think he'd flip Illinois. Hmm. He'd Illinois would turn red hmm. if he announced that because Chicago is a disaster. Well, and let's talk for one second. Did you guys hear that quote the other day that Joe Biden said the reason why he was able to stay home is because a black woman oh, was stocking his that? shelves? And Michelle Obama called know. Trump racist. Let's be real for a second. A good 
rebuttal to that would be, yeah, and it was probably her son that was locked up because of the 1994 <laughs> crime bill that Joe Biden wrote. Top tier rebuttal. Spicy. I love it. Let's yes, go. Thank you. Yeah. And then also one misstep that President Trump didn't do during the debate is when Joe Biden uttered the words that if you have an empty chair at home, mm. you know, because of President Trump's response to COVID, if I were President Trump, I would have said yes. And if you have an empty chair at home, because Joe Biden voted for the Iraq war, like we, wow. need, to, we need to be better about giving those rebuttals back. And Trump, Trump was off his game in that debate. Yeah, he could have done. Yeah, because that was that was a good. Well, when he, when he answered with the VA, that was good. When he was like 200,000 dead, he was under you, 380,000 with the VA. And I was like, whoa. People on Twitter Boom. were like, whoa. More that of was, that. That was spicy. More of that. Yeah, man. Let's see what we got. Desk Rabbit says, voting Trump is like throwing a political Molotov cocktail at both the Dems and the Republicans. <laughs> yeah. I hear it. That's what we're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Peacefully. But peacefully, yes. Yes. Ballots, not bullets. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. The Shadow Fenrir says, Allentown, PA resident, also active duty. This has been a very good live chat, and Scott has a new fan. Thank you, and I'm coming to Allentown. I'm literally coming on the 10th, so I'm going to post my details on my Twitter. Thank you. Oh, cool. Right on. Satoshi Nakamoto nice. says, Tim, didn't vote for Trump last time. Voting Trump and Kimberly Klasik this year. Thanks for all your work. You have helped me have facts when talking, debunking with others. You know, it's really funny that I, like people try and screen. I, you, so when I do my videos, I'll have like my face in the corner and a big article as the main screen. That way, when they screen grab it to insult me, they're showing the news article. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I started Genius. doing Genius. Well, they started grabbing clips from me out of context. So I was like, I'm just going to put the whole article as the main thing. And there you go. Now they've tried it. And it's like an article behind me. My favorite was when Media, Matter, Media Matters tried smearing me, mm. saying Tim Poole falsely claims that Ilhan Omar may have married her brother. And they show an image of me, like, making a face, like, talking, like, ah! And then behind me, it's the Star Tribune saying, huh. Ilan Omar may have married her brother. like, <laughs> 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 you walked right into that one. Here we go. Traveman says, never voted, ignored it until now. And yes, I've lied to poll texts and surveys to mess with them. Wow. Verified secret voter. I have receipts. Haha, you guys have inspired me. Trump 2020, love you. Excellent. There you go, man. I have wow. receipts. Yes. yes. Show us the receipts. That's like, right. We, we're supposed to have like hidden voting, right? That's a big part of the United Secret States. Voting. You don't have to tell people who you're voting for. So why would you tell some private company who you're a voter? That's crazy. Well, when journalists are lying every day and we know they're Lie lying and they, and, and they can get you banned. So, so in Sweden, there was this crazy story where apparently they, I guess journalists hacked a comment system called Discus. Hmm. To 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 unmask anonymous posters and then go to their homes and shame them for their opinions. That's, yeah, I've seen people get their 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 sounds like the brown shirts. Down. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. We want to avoid that at all costs. Yeah. Wow. I love I, I love how they're like the Proud Boys. Oh, and it's like they're not relevant. But you've got these people acting like there's far right militias rising up and like coming to people's homes Everywhere. when you literally have far leftists and Black Lives Matter doing that right now. Those people need to do push. Here we go mm -hmm. and meditate. J's, JS, uh, J Spot says, I am not a, rep uh, a replican, a replican, <laughs> oh, that or cool. a Democrat. I'm a Trumplican. <laughs> Love it. Republican? I think replican. I, think so, yeah. I like that much better. I'm interested. I do like that. Let's see. Wait, wait, it just jumped on me. Super Chat does that. Where'd it go? There was a good one. Do, do, do. Where did it go? There we go. Richard in Texas says, Well said, Scott. Chris Christie should not have been involved with Trump's debate pre preparation. Rand Paul should have been prepping him. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. And notice how Rand Paul, being that libertarian 
you know, part of the Republican Party has so embraced President Trump's vision and his policies, you know, so to those libertarians that are watching, really look at Rand Paul and criminal justice reform, ending endless wars. Those are all very libertarian policies. I gotta say, people talk about like Trump Jr. running for president someday, and I'm just, I I have no interest. I I don't know much about him, but I want Rand Paul to run for president after Trump. Finishes his term. I want he, to see Rand Paul as the next. He well, ran in 2016. I think, I think in 2024 could be great. He for needs him. to lift that profile up. Sure. Because Rand, Rand Paul is probably my favorite politician. He's awesome. He, yeah. And I don't agree with him on a lot of things. I agree with him on, uh, for his principles. I think he's thinker. a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. End the wars and be honest and be principled. And I think Ron Paul was the same way. And I, I disagree with Ron Paul on a ton of things. But there's very few people in, in politics that I thought actually cared. I definitely think Rand Paul cares. He, he's, he's honest. Yeah. He's really honest. And his filibusters are impressive. Standing up for like, you know, how long? Like, what was like that? He did a really long. He did like a 13 hour filibuster. Yeah. I think I was rooting for him so hard when he was running for president, but he has the charisma of a wet sponge. Yeah. Like he kind he's of just... needs to be behind the scenes. Like he's you know, a really he... great person. He, he just... needs to raise that profile up. Yeah. I don't know, man. So his dad also kind of had low charisma, Ron. It was his big, it was his downfall. They're doctors, yeah. right? They're both. Doctors. Yeah. yeah. They yes. yeah. Smart dudes. Josh Truthill. Truthill says, love the guest. Uh, what does it say? Whitmer death. Yeah. Hashtag Whitmer death toll. Really want these Democrats to be charged with criminal negligence. Also, FYI, you can use Zoom it as a tool when viewing content. It's a cis internal program. Do you guys like those chairs? Oh, you know, honestly, I just went on Amazon and I was like, I just grabbed whatever chairs popped up. Shout out to Bozen. These chairs are <laughs> yeah. legit. They you really like them? Cool, send us yeah. more stuff, Bozen. If you they, know, no, 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 no. We are not getting anything. Send us pillows or something. They've sent us nothing. Thank you, Bozen. Yeah. I just yeah. bought these on Amazon. But it's so funny like, that it, the name of the company is like, right that's why they do it. Right Smart. In their face. I love it. That's why it's there. Yeah. And this shows us why conservatives are always going to lose. Why have we not been protesting every single day? Uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, Whitmer in Michigan, Cuomo in New York. Why haven't we been protesting that they put in COVID patients and nursing facilities uh, leading to the deaths of our citizens? And that's why it's going to be very difficult for us to win the culture war until we finally step up. People need to speak up. So long as these companies think their path to revenue is the far left, they're going to keep pushing it. Yeah. Which is why it's really hilarious that the uh, game three, I think, of the NBA finals were the like third historically low ratings. Oh, no, like the game one was like a 26 year low. Game two was a record low. And then game three was a even record lower. Oh. Well, nobody wants to watch it. I actually I was asking uh, someone out here, you know, about all, we were talking about this stuff. And this woman, she was like, I used to watch stuff all the time. I love sport. I can't watch it anymore. You know, that's Just, great because the Romans kept watching their sports. So that was the downfall is of their civilization. Maybe we're not in. I don't think we're in a downfall. We're in an upsurge. So, so you're saying that the real plan of Black Lives Matter is to annoy people into being politically active? <laughs> yeah, they're waking people up. I don't <laughs> yeah, know if that's their actually, intention. Yes, because there is a very real phenomenon called bread and circuses. And this is something that they held on to while their freedoms were being stripped away. So maybe you're right. Maybe we're starting to see an upsurge as people are starting to pay a attention. A renaissance. Yeah. Yes, Wicked exactly. Liss says Scott should run for office. He has some great I ideas. I agree. Thank you. Maybe one day if President Trump gives me a phone call and says, run, 
Oh, I'm, but I'm not cutting my hair. I'm keeping the hair. <laughs> he did that. He did that with um, uh, Sean Parnell. Yeah. yeah. He Sean was Parnell like, I want you to run. And Sean was like, okay, yeah. what? <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 17 district, Allegheny County. Vote Sean Parnell. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude. I He's like a good that dude. Guy. That's 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 the thing. You know, I I think policy arguments are tough. There are a few things I'm adamant on, but for the most part, I just want. And I know people have criticized this, but you want a politician that you feel is being honest with you. Yeah. You want, you want someone who's principled, who you know cares, is willing to accept their faults. We don't have that with Democrats right now. And we don't have it with a lot of Republicans either. They, they, they don't want to accept it. I'm looking for someone who's going to be like, you know, we have to compromise, we have to work together, and we're not perfect. Yeah. Let's see. Etika Ray says, voted for Hillary. The SJW is ruining my hobbies. And then riots turned to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Secret voter, Trump 2020. Oh. He is anti-establishment. He is the real resistance. Yes. Oh, celebrating. My heart is just swelling with pride. Oh, so I'm excited. so excited. I love it. Jonah John says, would love to see Kaylee McEnany run at some point. Best press secretary I have seen in a long time. Hands down, She's man. Good. JP Simon says, best guest by far. Woo. Oh, man. Oh, people are loving Scott. Snap. Wow. That's an honor. Brandon Cacioppo says, the reason you shouldn't vote third party is because they will not have party support in Congress to get their agenda passed. Every presidential election, we say third party, but we need to build them locally and in uh, and in Congress, in True. congressional. You know, one problem too is calling it third party because you should you have an unlimited number of parties. There are no, there's no third party. It's what green, libertarian, yeah, yeah. working class. So to think of it as like, just think of it as like, you know, start your own party. Yeah, yeah do your own thing. Yeah, seventeenth party. Start yeah. a decentralized party that doesn't have a party. So who's the third party? Libertarians, the third yeah, biggest party. So green party, yeah. green party's fourth party. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'd, yeah. I'd say that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, we are about uh, 50 minutes over. We usually do about two hours. We went a little over because I think uh, it was worth it. But uh, do you want to shout out your social media or anything before we uh, dip out? Yeah, please. Um, well, look, it's not about me. You can follow me if you want to at Scott Pressler. But I just want every single person to please register to vote at your current address. And it's as easy as, look, type in, let's say you live in Louisiana. Louisiana online voter registration, but don't go to vote.org. That's a Democrat website that all they do is take your information. Uh. You're going to want either a GOV website, which means gov, or you want an SOS website, which indicates secretary of state. Mm. But please register to vote. Your time to register is running out in several states across the country. And just thank you for having me. I hope everybody at home has enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it's been fantastic, man. So, uh, everybody, thanks for hanging out. Of course, you can sub- well subscribe to this channel and smash that like button before you go. It really does help. And uh, subscribe, like, notification bell. We do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. We're going to have a big show tomorrow, I'm assuming. We'll see how things play out. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at TimCast. I have some several other YouTube channels, youtube.com slash TimCast, youtube.com slash TimCastNews, because I produce content, like, every hour of the day. So, uh, again, thanks for hanging out. And, of course, you can follow Ian. Yes, and also... What is this? What's Wait, Betsy. Special surprise. Shout out to Betsy. October surprise. (laughs) And guys, look, Betsy believes both black and white (gasps) lives matter. Yes, because she is both. It's true. Multicultural. That's correct. Follow me on any social media platform, including Twitter, Instagram, um, Twitch, Twitch Mm -hmm. TV, Ian Crossland. Right on. Tag. 
And of course, you can follow at Sour Patch Lids. Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S. Oh. L-Y-D-S. That's where you find it. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, hey, man, Scott, thanks for hanging out. This has been hey, awesome. Hey, thank you. Keep up the good work. Keep keep cleaning stuff and registering voters. And, thank uh, you. I'll keep following. Everybody else, thanks for hanging out. Again, hit the like button on your way out. We really would uh, re- would appreciate appreciate it. I'm getting tired. You can tell. <laughs> it's time for me to go to bed. We will see you all tomorrow at 8 p.m. live. The show tomorrow might be a big show. We'll see how things play out. Uh, we'll see you all tomorrow.